Hi folks, and welcome back to another episode of Reload Podcast. I'm your host, Connor McCann, and joining me as always are... Lee Maxwell. And Stefan Clark. No, I'm only joking, it's Nigel and back. The king is back. <laughs> yes, so thanks very much to our friend Stefan for filling in for Nigel Sterling on the last work. episode. I'm on notice. <laughs> Nigel's Final sweating warning. here. But uh, as good as Stefan was, it's hard to beat the real thing, isn't it? Oh, I'm like just ordinary coke. The know? king's back. So, yes... We are on episode 40 today. We're not exactly firing all cylinders, and not for the usual reasons, which is usually alcohol. It's not a hangover, it's a showover. It is. It's exhausting. That's a new term for you, showover. <laughs> yeah, I've had a few showovers in my time, I didn't know they existed. So, yes, yesterday was Euro Treffen, and we had an absolute ball. We'll talk about that later on, and we will see what the lead up to that show was like now so Nigel what's new with you um, I have two things basically uh, the first was I was getting my wife's new A4 Cabrio wheels refurbished by New Look Andy there he's had the Porsche wheels refurbed in your car yeah thing. and I just seen the total professionalism and perfection in the job and I just went right I have to get them dropped off there so they look great yeah um, dropped them off to him and no problem, get them sorted. And Andy was sending me progress pictures. One thing he showed me, and it really surprised me, was when they stripped them back, the corrosion in in, in the inner barrels. Uh huh. Um, what would that be? A thirteen-year-old wheel, just really deep corrosion, mm-hmm. and there's only so much you can do with them. Basically, Andy was saying, but he done a terrific job. Uh, I says, does this normally happen? He says, yeah. He says, keeping the wheel clean and a stone chip once it gets underneath. It just goes yeah. to work, you know. Ah, it's actually, it's not, it's sort of focusing in on the wheel because it's trapped under the paint layer yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll maybe try and put pictures up in the stories later yeah, on to show people. But yeah, fantastic job. And I can't recommend you look enough. The uh, the wheels turned out great and it's really lifted the, the wee car looking now. It was, yes, it was uh, Laura brought up the show yesterday. It was parked at the front gate if anybody was interested. And uh yeah, really, really pleased the way it turned out. So, no, it, it did look well. It's freshened the whole car up. The I think that's that, what we were talking about yesterday. A set of wheels can really make a whole car look totally amazing. Different. Like when I had this Rocco, if I was like feeling too lazy to wash it, sometimes I would just clean the wheels, and somehow it made the whole car look cleaner. Yeah, it just even though it wasn't. Everyone. Yeah. Uh, it's, it reminds me of that uh, Wheels Horse t-shirt they used to do. Yeah. Wheels maketh the car. Yeah, yeah, well, it's true. And well, if, they, if your wheels aren't up to point, then it sort of drags the whole car around behind it. Take Well, take it to the extreme. Take any show car in a show field and sp- stick a set of steel wheels on it. And that look half as good. No. And now you Part of Paul Glenn's van, which looked absolutely awesome. Yes, we'll talk about that. <laughs> uh, that thing's cool. And TJ's Jetta, to be fair. Best wheels ever had on it. Because the steels on it look tippity-top. Yeah, it's so cool. Um, yeah, no, wheels are a big part of any build as such, and as much as we always say wheels and air aren't a build, it's it's a big, big part of it. Um, that corrosion thing seems to be an awful problem. I think a lot of people assume that wheel refinishers can save anything, you know, yeah. and there's another one I follow, is a Wheel Unique in England, and he does a lot of, like, split wheels and polishing. Yeah. And the amount of stuff he gets sent that he's like, look, these aren't, these can never be perfect because of the actual depth of the pitting in it. But he's dealing with a lot of BBS and they suffer a lot, duly because they're age. Yeah. You know, either a lot of 30 year old or so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a case of, even if you have an old set of wheels, it's always worth giving them a, a wash and keeping the crap off them, sort of thing, because they are just going to deteriorate. Yeah. Uh, big shout out to Andy at New Look. He's up in Carrick Fergus there. Give him a shout. He'll sort your wheels out. And uh, thanks very much. 
Have you something else? Yeah, another one is, well, Stefan was filling in for me last week. I was at Players Classic. It's you were hard, indeed. It's a hard life. We had bought the tickets. We weren't better. We'd bought, or Robin had bought the tickets, I think, back in February and March when they went on general release and uh, just hit it in hope because we were in the depths of lockdown back then. Yeah. And provisionally booked a hotel and they got given the green light for 4000 at Players Classic. So, yeah, got over to it. It was... Brilliant, as usual. Did you notice the numbers like down from previous years, as in like you know the crowd numbers, that kind of thing? Or no, no, that's good. So <laughs> I'll not see any more than so that. So what you're saying is they always get around four thousand every year. That it seems good. to be that way. Connor, I was convenient. Um, I'm not going to speculate on this. No, no, that's good. No, uh, Robin drove the. He's a 997 Carrera S, lovely black one. I'm sure lots that of people nice. listen have seen it. And we drove it down. Went down the took the Thursday night Liverpool boat that you hitly. Um, yeah. It's now full of uh, travellers. I oh. have to close the bar. But is that, people, that's people not travel. unusual for that boat, though, is it? Nigel, people travel on boats all the time. Yeah, well, because <laughs> of the Hollyhead Dublin thing and COVID, the, yeah, the travelling community has now migrated to Belfast to avoid the restrictions. And it's following. Do you want to buy a dag? Uh, top of the morning to you. You're just like an episode of Snatch, is it? Or Lost in Snatch? <laughs> Looking around to see if Guy Ritchie was walking about with a camera, you know? <laughs> More than likely. <laughs> So, yeah, the bar was closed and all. It was a bit weird. It was the new Liverpool boat. It's actually very snazzy. Um, yeah, I'm talking about a boat here. Why am I talking about a boat? Yeah, it's part of the trip. Yeah. Uh, so that meant we're in the Liverpool for probably half six on the Friday morning. So then went down the road a bit, got a bit of breakfast, and our first plan of attack was basically head towards Caffeine Machine. Uh-huh. But because it was so early dark in Liverpool, we just called in. I think we called in a shopping centre. Just killed a few hours, just down it about. And then called in the caffeine machine. It was terrible weather. Called in. It was a bit of a disappointment because I think there was about 15 cars in the car park. Yeah, it wasn't this normal yeah. overflow. Well, it was good to see the way caffeine machine has evolved and expanded um, with the catering outside and just massive seated areas for, I would say, to deal with two things, deal with COVID restrictions and to deal with the capacity. Yeah. Um, I maybe the COVID thing has pushed them yeah. into something that they didn't realise they needed. Went in and got lunch in there. Very good lunch if you were in there. It's real motorsport themed uh, restaurant. And all the tables are not numbered. They're called racetracks. Of course. So we were, I think we were sitting at Laguna Second table. Yeah, something like that. Nice choice. Um, the merch, now it used, the merch used to just be at the till at the front door. Now they have, it used to be like a boardroom to the side. Now it is the merch, merch shop. shop. Exit um, through the gift shop, please. Yep. Yeah, Disney, eat your heart out. Um, and then I have, I think I did have last year, they opened up the bed and breakfast. That's uh, right, yeah. Facility. Robin's actually going back with his missus in two weeks. Yes, he was saying that, to, yeah. To do a road trip, Lake Districts and Caffeine Machines, stuff like that there. It's two years from you there, wasn't it? Ah, no, yeah. this was the right, right progression um, from then. So then, headed down. Uh, we're staying in the Goodwood House Hotel. We got it cheap because we booked it early. Uh-huh. Um, Weird sort of hotel because it uh, it has a bar, but it's like bar restaurants, not a bar bar. Aye, you're not going so to sit and paint it. It sort of put me off staying it again, you know. And is it actually on this like the side it's of the, the circuit? State. It's oh, on the state. It's, cool, it's yeah. about three quarters of a mile from the circuit. Sort of disappointing too, because you imagine that would add the experience. You know, it's a bit like yeah. going to Disneyland, staying in the Disney hotel. Well, put it like this: the Friday evening. <laughs> Rob still laughs at that. Friday evening, the England match was on. So I'll go down to the bar and yeah. watch the England match. So there's a front bar, which is basically a waiting area for the big fancy restaurant. And there's about four tables. Uh-huh. There's no TV in it. Went to the back bar, which is about 
400 meters down the hotel at the back and there was one wee TV showing the England match the bar was full we were sitting out in the patio we're looking through the glass trying to watch the match so <laughs> Rob Nell put on iPlayer and we're just watching his phone yeah, <laughs> and because the stream was delayed we were watching people react watching people react to something and then 10 seconds later we're seeing it on the screen do you not remember when we went <laughs> down to Zara's show do you remember and, uh, and we were watching the football in the bar <laughs> I might have got a bit drunk but there was two rooms in the bar and they were showing it and it was like a delay on it yeah. as well so we were watching on the one that was slightly behind so every time it was they a scored, good 10 seconds yeah and neither I watching the match like I have no real interest in football but I was watching it going okay what's going to happen was it good or bad 10 seconds later oh right it's not a goal yeah, it was like <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it sort of takes the fun out of it doesn't it yeah um, so Saturday morning I went down to the show uh, nice and early and it was the track day on the Saturday so they have the the track active and then just internal paddock show cars uh-huh. um, just great to watch them go around the first thing that sort of dawned on me like let's face it we've been sort of restricted for well over a year now yeah but just walking into show grounds months. and people everywhere yeah that, that was weird yeah and the odd thing is like you've actually worked through all this the same as ourselves so there's people who have been working from home or you know furloughed and things like that that you know, haven't seen a whole lot of people. We have seen a lot of people through work, yeah. especially. And but you're still sort of feeling like that. It took me a good half hour to adjust because for a year and a bit, you've been told to stay two meters from everybody. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> no, no, you do. Sorry, yeah. Um, what what sort of stuff was out in the track? There's always some interesting stuff there. There was everything. Uh, there's really, really well sorted Mark One Golf. I never actually got the look under the engine bay of it, but I think it was a TSI engine one. Uh-huh. Uh, really well set up race focused mark one golf those engines are kind of getting into the the 20 valve turbo sort of stage now where they're starting to get a bit cheaper you yeah. know you're going to see them coming into more things which is nice um what else was there oh what do you call the company that built the hill climb ur quadro but uh it went around for about two laps and then blew up oh nice just shot the engine. <laughs> something about that place because the news go one year and the forge motorsport, forge motorsport. mark one blew I was up spectacularly laying, i was then a wee up on the saturday afternoon and a i could hear off. i heard nod rock nod rock <laughs> road knock next thing a mark one golf just after it exploded in the way past yeah so yeah, you were fairly close to that one when it happened yeah it actually basically exploded about your feet uh, yeah so. <laughs> Um, what else old school any old school Fords there's usually a few yeah that kind of uh, Rothman's liveried one the Mark T Escort is it yeah, yeah, yeah. it's evil um, quite a few E36s and just M3 uh, I can't even think here NLD F80 what do you call the V8 one Oh, the E90. 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 Really well E92. sorted ones. Like yeah. Properly sorted track spec ones going around and they were very good. Uh-huh. And then there was a fella in uh, M140i. Um, I think he has a YouTube channel. Really fast, fast car uh-huh. and he could drive. Uh, it's nice watching that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else there was. There was a really well sorted Skyline. Uh, R33 going around. Um, yeah. It's all a blur now. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of the people that think a player's classic, especially that aren't, haven't been to it, associate players with the Volkswagen scene, which it probably was at one point. Yeah. But it's definitely a vast mix of stuff at it. Um, Revo brought a Mark 8R. How, how was that? Just boring to watch. I've seen a few of them on out and, like out and about kind of thing, and they don't do much for me. I know the GTA is better looking. 
It probably is. As is the case with Mark 7 Mark too. Mark 7 too, yeah. Um, I've always said, I've always shit on them, but I've always said as well that they're probably an outstanding performance car. Like, they'll always do their job very, very well, but they're not, I haven't started looking at them and thinking, oh, that's nice kind of thing. Um, although I have seen maybe three or four locally in this past few weeks. What, at the Sunday then, they closed the track and parked out on the circuit? Yeah, it was still? out on the track. Then they had... Show the, cars? Yeah, out on the track. And it... it I think it was busier than the previous year I'd been there. You mean it, it wasn't? It wasn't busier, sorry. Of course. Um, <laughs> and Monster had uh, Bagsy doing a drift demonstration. He just absolutely smoked everything out. Yeah. Uh, they don't have every three hours they don't demonstration out in the track. Do they still have the planes flying overhead too? No. No, no planes. The last time we were there, the, the like old... Look, the kind of well, I'm not good with planes, but imagine like 40s, 50s, 60s era planes uh, taking off over the track. The airport which was wasn't nice. that busy because the two years ago, I was there, the airport was very busy. Yeah, I think there was an Apache helicopter landed when we were there one time. Nice, I don't know. That's cool to watch that sort of thing. Um, car, good trip. yeah, cars in the show itself. Uh, what stood out for me, it was good to see Phil Morrison's cars. He brought the Murcielago. Yeah, you've talked about that through our yeah. YouTube series. Kind it was of good thing. to see it in the person and. It did not disappoint the fit and finish of it was excellent it looks evil there's a lot yeah. of mental what instance in that it's the, it's the standard engine is it but he tuned it he put throttle bodies on it and That's made it a manual because oh, i think nice. they all came automatic yeah and he went manual and put the kit on it and put throttle bodies on it nice he started it up and revved it and sound like hell unleashed yeah um on a stand around the corner and that was basically center stage of the show he had the 964 rwb that's nice yeah yeah it was nice to see it but standout cars for me, there's so many. Like you just, that area beside the uh, main stage, you're just turning, wow, 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 wow. I actually noticed John Peden because he had the... I was going to mention him, yeah. The Mark II Escort over and someone was saying about how did it go down and he says, like everything else, he says, when you come to a show with that standard, he yeah. says, you could bring the best car in the world and it'll blend in with so many others because there's so much there that, yeah. you know, is as good if not better than it. John Payton's car just—he uh, he was in the ALB stand. He actually got this the ferry across on the Friday evening with us. That's right. Yeah, it's a bagged Mark II Escort. Yeah, so he has custom um, bullet wheels made now for it. I seen that. Yeah, so they're so teeny. They the are. wheels. They're so E13 small. Thirteen splits. Yeah. Um, a car that stood out for me was probably the Mark II. I can't remember if Mark One or Mark Two. The orange one. I put a picture above. Um. Like a yellowy orange color. I think it was running a Mil- I think it was running a Millington engine, white arch kit. Just oh, fell nice. in love with it. Um, it's your Ford roots coming back. And then there's an area where all the top cars or the all big guys' cars park up. So a lot of Kaiser built cars were sitting, uh-huh. and Carioto cars were sitting. So it was nice and around there. And then of course you could not mention JP Performance. He brought across his Mark II Golf with the Kaiser kit on. Yes. A uh, rear engine VR6. A polarizing build, to yeah. say the least. It's a shitty car. It, it's Kaiser done a render of it a few years yeah. ago kind of thing, and then uh, these guys have built it. But Th- it's... They've done a very good um, job on the body work of it, I think. Uh-huh. Not for me. Stunning to look at and different and all the rest of it, but just something about it. The proportions are slightly off on the back end, I think. Yeah. The front end is really There's cool. There's a lot going, in, going on and yeah. a lot to take in. But it's done its job of getting attention. Yeah, you know, it's, it's one people to look at it. It's certainly done that. Just to finish up, I think the 
the stand or car for me cars for me at the show were JTEC automotive stand the Mark 1s Mark 1s Mark 2s yep and then at the very end of the road they had an Escort Cosworth with an LS1 sitting in the oh, nice. engine bay of it so they're not one trick ponies when it comes mm-hmm. to it like. but the finish like Jay that runs the show his Mark 2 I think he th- he bought a 5 door GL or something Mark 2 Golf and he basically shipped it up to them they done the 18T conversion on nice. it very tidy work and every car along that stand just you're just going that is is it JTEC you call them JTEC yeah I've seen them in the last few issues of PVW as well with cars and they, they they seem to know what they're doing and it's not shouty cars it's not it's just really well executed well finished well done engine conversions and just nice I, kind of timeless looking stuff things stuff I like yeah <laughs> nice toned down um, yeah so as usual players it's the atmosphere it's the laid back it's the, it's the venue like it's so historic Everything good comes wood. together to make such a good show. There's nobody running about shouting and roaring. You know, that's yeah. good. Excellent. So it is. Yeah. Definitely I wouldn't go. Know. You wouldn't know, Lee. I wouldn't know. You'll get someday. <laughs> get that sex change and come to the stag do. Uh, <laughs> so, Lee, what about you? What's new with you? Uh, lots. Lots indeed. Mostly hashtag Eurotreffin prep. Um, which we'll talk about the show obviously Don't panic, Mr. A bit later on, but uh, that's what a lot of my last couple of weeks has been taken up with. So yeah, been getting the Jetta ready for the show. Um, so last weekend, Richie, our friend Richie Brown, came down to give us a hand with correcting the paintwork yeah. somewhat, uh, as much as what we could, because let's face it, it's an old car. Some of the paints what 30 plus years old some of it's been repainted better than other places <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so well obviously thanks very much richie for helping us out because we are idiots with that kind of thing yeah <laughs> no <that's>, joke <laughs> and, and to be honest it was it sped up the process a lot like he, he and i got over that in one full day yeah um the major thing i think is well, there's little spots of rust and stuff around it, but like that's not the end of the world. That's an old car. Who cares? Um, the bonnet and the boot lid have been painted at some point. It was all covered in these little tiny little like kind of micro blisters in the paint. And even the first real good wash that we gave it, a lot of those had popped. And then obviously when we ran the buff over it, some more came off. And so that it looks like stone chips all over, but it's all these little blisters that have popped. Oh, there's more to come. Yeah. Um... So that's a bit of a shame, but hey, it's all good. I'd say at some point we'll probably end up just paint the bonnet and boot lid and yeah. let it sort of tie in with the rest of the thing. Anyway. But overall, the the cleanup, buff up, I did, you guys had a, a buff each and I did the A pillars and round the door handles and the small bits that you can't get to with the with the polisher. And uh, But it came up really well overall. Yeah, absolutely. It's now Such all the one colour and shiny. I was, up, <laughs> I was up in the shade, must have been six or seven weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, it needed a good clean like. It and did. To see, to see that car and then see it on Saturday morning. The difference. The difference. Just it's like I came in this morning because I didn't get a proper look around over at the show and it just sits so well. It's the right kind of clean. You don't want it immaculate otherwise you're scared to drive it. Yeah. So I just think the new wheels on and all the rest of it looks spot on. So yeah, no, I was I was delighted with the way that it came up. I forget what I was going to say. Day the bumpers. That that was exactly the next thing I was going to say. Do you use just for men? 
<laughs> didn't use just for men uh forever black forever black indeed. which connor has had great success with in the past on his mark three bumpers because they were a bit faded and kind of stress marks in them yeah did you ever see when a bumper kind of looks like a like tiger marks like tiger stripes uh-huh. in it? my whole bumper was like that so it was like faded gray with almost like white stress marks in it and then when i done just the years black, of exposure to yeah some. like what nearly 30 years and then i forever black them two coats come up like new and then like your bumpers have been painted previously like. yeah so i went over them kind of scrub 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 to try and take as much of the loose paint off it as what we could you can still see a little bit of it but again like night and day the difference in them now yeah. They're actually black now. Especially when you can't get replacements for them. You know, those are yeah. the, the GL ones Andy was saying with the chrome trimming them. So you want to try and save as much as you can. Yeah. Again, last weekend when Richie was here, Patty came over as well. I had wanted to paint the rocker cover because I didn't want to do loads and loads of tidying up to make it look like tarted up under the bonnet or anything. Because, and you know yourself, as soon as you do one bit, it makes the next bit next to it look bad so then you have to do that bit and then the next bit looks bad so i was trying to strike a balance of it looks tidy-ish but there's not like one part that sticks out more than the others it looks equally as kind of worn distressed yeah but the paint in the rocker cover was coming off in big flakes the size of your thumbnail like uh, it was w- bad i think i was flicking it off with a lollipop stick at one point like it was yeah. just coming off like a, like your thumbnail so i stripped a lot of that off um got badly sunburned on one arm last weekend <laughs> somehow whatever way i was sitting i was like um that's why you hide inside when i'm working with the car <laughs> and then when patty was here we took the the trumpets as i call them off the the front of the carbs and cleaned them up with autosol and stuff too and he has obviously far more patience than me i think he i did one and he did three of them <laughs> yeah i think are probably better than yours yeah <laughs> in the same amount of time <laughs> Yeah, so, and then I was a wee bit worried that they would look really shiny compared to the rest, but they're not, like, fully polished or anything. They're just tidied up because they were quite corroded. Um, So they look brilliant. Connor has been working all week, or for the last, I don't know how many weeks, on the suspension. Up, down, up, down, tweak it here, put that corner up a wee bit. I was very close to just paying for our suspension for it at one point. (laughs) I hit adjusting coilovers. At least these ones were free, though. There was no... No, you usually get them, they're like... You didn't replace them, they're the ones that came in the car? They're the ones yeah. that came in it. So I imagine, Anthony, had them in fairly fresh. Yeah, they, they are free and easily, well, Even as easy as coilovers can be. You put young. the top mounts in the front of that? Yeah. The, ra- the top mount razors? Yeah. Oh, oh, some job. Best thing ever. Uh, then it had gone to Ben in the middle of the week for a retuning of the carbs. <laughs> yeah, uh, you were working, so I took it over to Ben. Yeah. And... I, I brought it over to Benny. He messaged me sort of last minute. He says, look, the parts are here for, it was like the emulsion tubes and the jets. And he says, take it over and uh, I'll get it done. He says, I'm really, really busy. So I need you to come tonight. And I went, okay, come home, drove straight over. I had no idea how I was getting back. Lee had said, look, if you're stuck, give me a ring. He lives beside a bar. I was like, I'll maybe nip in for a pint if there's a bit of waiting time. Um, and he says, me, do you want to stay? And I was like, yeah, certainly. I'll watch what you're doing. So he has a kind of a test route that he goes out. So he has the lambda sensor on the exhaust so he can read everything that's happening. And he says, right, you drive. I'll I'll read the set, see the readings. So spent like oh, so much time on the, like on the part throttle, you know, mid-range drivability. Because he was saying like, it's very, very, well, not easy, but like it's a lot easier to tune top end flat out. And people do that, get the kind of the rest of it 
so so and you just kind of put up with it but he's like you don't drive everywhere flat out you know you drive yeah partial throttle yeah Yeah. he says you want that right and he done such a good job nobody's driving around all the time at six and seven eight thousand revs no nobody over the age of 18 anyway yeah um, apart from Civic Type R drivers yeah and me that day when I was out with Ben in it so <laughs> we didn't think there was a rev limiter because there's an aftermarket ECU in it and like I was revving it fairly high and it wasn't coming in and then he was screaming at me one point he's like rev it out rev it out and I was like okay and we found the limiter and needless to say it pops and bangs on the limiter because what is the limiter is that? we don't know because there's no rev counter in it right. that's worrying so I have send it to the moon, Connor. Pretty much, it does have three video gauges down on the lower dash panel, but they're not wired in. They don't do anything. No. So <laughs> basically, two things going to the moon: Dogecoin and Lay's valves. <laughs> um, Fly well, my friends. Yes. So I was waiting for them to exit through the bonnet. Um, yeah, it it sounds so good. It yeah. it sounds really good. Um, uh, you're enjoying the clutch. The clutch is a bit of a handful. A legful, you might uh, say. Yeah. Is it a paddle clutch, is it? Uh, I don't know if it's a paddle, but it's definitely an upgraded clutch, and it's basically like a light switch on and off. There's about a foot of pedal travel, and only the last inch actually does anything. And then it, <laughs> it's like on off. Easy, it's easy, easy. Yep. <laughs> Once you get used to it, you're fine after got, a while. I got but... used to it, but I, I definitely, when we went for dinner after the show yesterday, it, that car park that was on kind of a slope was still a bit of a challenge. Yeah. Um, that is the steepest hill to a golf club I ever went up. I felt sorry for Ricky coming up in the camper. I was actually waiting to phone me to go here, come and collect us <laughs> the bottom of the hill. <laughs> not going up that fucking hill. Um, what else did we do to the Jetta? I had got a new scuttle panel, the, like a one piece. This is my PTSD moment. Not last last time it was the MOT. Now it's the scuttle panel. <laughs> um, from SWG. Fuck so it's them. like a big one piece black came in the box i was worried about it well the shipping cost a colossal amount of money thanks again brexit you fuckers um and i was worried about it obviously getting damaged in transit so as soon as it arrived opened the box it was fine everything looked great i was like oh it looks amazing Does i look was fantastic. so excited about fitting it every time connor was kind of going through the list of right what do we need to do next what do we need to do next i was like fit the skull panel fit the skull panel <laughs> i was so excited about fitting it well we took to it was it Thursday? I took to it the day before when you were away for work to try and surprise her with it having it home. And I got that angry with it. I put the car away and didn't do any work to it the rest of the night after about an hour and a half because I was like, I'm going to smash this to bits. So I decided to wait until Lee got home to give me a hand with it. And that didn't fur out much better either. The instructions said, tilt down at an angle, put it in the passenger side first, tuck it under the wing. Yeah. Then do the same on the driver's side. Now, there was a wee line on the instructions that said, you may need to trim a little bit to make it fit. Which, okay, fine. Yeah, it's, it's an aftermarket part. part. Why not make okay, it whatever. the fit I, the I've argued this for years. Why should you have to trim some? But I, I come from Develop an era a product that make works. it work. Get more customers. Simple as that. You know. Like, if this was a perfect fitting thing, you'd be singing its praises right now. Yeah. Um... Unfortunately, it was a nightmare to fit. Like, we had to take it out four or five times, trim it. And then, of course, once it's in, overall, obviously, it was too big. Yeah. So then once it was in, we had to take it back out to trim it. But once it was in being too big, it was kind of stuck in. 
What was the quality and finish on like? Good enough. The look of it is it amazing. Look, yeah, it looks lovely. But then with taking it out, having to trim it, we got it was badly stuck at one point, and then when we were taking it back out, we've damaged a wee bit of the gel coat. Now it's not really noticeable, but it was just if it was a, f- a show car, you'd be annoyed, that kind of thing. It was a disaster, and uh, at one point, Connor was so mad, I was actually worried about him, and I was like, and I said to him, I was like, just grab it in the middle and fucking rip it out and fuck it over the hedge because it's shit. It doesn't such, fit. Such, such lovely words. <laughs> but it, it was a hundred and forty quid. That's you know. Ah. You, you know, if it had been 20 or 30 quid, you'd expect... I would have fucked it over the head. Yeah. You'd expect <laughs> a few wee errors here and there. Yeah. But 140 quid, freaking developed thing. Cut it, this, make it fit like... Well, I went looking on their website because I was like, how does this actually fit? Because it's supposed to tuck in under the, the passenger side wing first. Yeah. And then up in under the driver's side after that. Now, to do that, if you imagine, if something's wider than the opening for the wings and it's tucking in underneath them... It you has to bend flex. It in the middle. Yeah, fiberglass doesn't flex. So if the original part is, is plastic, so it will flex. This doesn't flex, so you can't bend it to do that. And when you go onto the website and look at the one that's fitted in a Mark One Golf, it's a freshly painted engine bay with no wings on it. So they're expecting you to take the wings off, put this in, and then put the wings on over it. I was like, no. I wonder did it develop that with car no wings? It it must have been. <laughs> so that was a the, real nightmare. They, got, they got the press made. Went into production, and then went, oh, shit. Aye, what do we do? Ah, just tell them to trim it a bit. <laughs> the joke of it is, that car has obviously never been hit. No. The wings have never been off. The wings are the still bonded on. Because the seam still on. You know, so that it's totally pristine, totally original. That's the car. It should fit. Yeah. And the annoying thing is, to send these brackets with it that are like machine nylon with stainless steel screws, it's like all the fittings and stuff with it are brilliant. Yeah, and, it, and as I say, now that it's in... It looks great. I'm really happy it's, with it's it. It's never coming out again. <laughs> well, no. It's, it's Unless it comes out in now. a million bits. But now that it's in, and the trim, they have new trim for along the top. Oh, it looks factory. Yeah, and it looks lovely. And I'm glad I went with it. I looked at another one that was like gloss black. Yeah. And I've gone with this satin one, and it's much nicer. But I certainly, I couldn't recommend it to anybody because of just how much of a disaster no. it was to fit. No. It does look nice now it's there, but... Aye, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't don't wish it on anyone. Unless you've got your wings off, get her bought soon. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last thing I think we fitted the kind of last minute was the wee window blind for the back. Yes. So I talked about this, like, what, a year ago that I had bought this wee blind? You actually showed it off in the first lockdown the look. The lockdown yeah. look. And uh, so I finally got it fitted and it, it's cool. And I was kind of worried about it as well because I bought it so long ago. And I was just picturing in my head what it would look like. Do you know what I mean? Because I couldn't get the louvers, which I still quite fancy. Then once we had got the car done, put the wheels on, got it all polished up and stuff, I was like, oh, well, actually, now it looks really nice as it is. And maybe I don't want to fuck with it. Maybe. Um, but actually, no, now it's in. I do, I do like it. So happy with it. Yeah. yeah. Good. No, it sort of suits that period look for the car, too, which is quite cool. Yeah. If you had a bump, it does rattle a bit. Yeah. I, th- I think it's fantastic that for so long you haven't had a car to take the show and then bam I'm just like look at this <laughs> I, I said that to so I'm many so people I'm so happy I've been all weekend I've just been driving around with a smile on my face going it's, it's oh, the noise, of the noise. I, was just say, I was just saying earlier on outside it's the noise of it it sounds it's, well it's how you want a carved 16 valve to sound it reminds me of like the old celebrate the induction yeah I uh, yeah. there's a great exhaust note of it but you get that mix of it and the induction note it's, just, it's like uh, E36 or E46 
M3s. Blah. Focus on induction. Yeah. Don't make them a big blurry thing. It's all about the throttle bodies or the carbs. It's surprisingly civilized inside. It's loud, but I mean, it's not the worst thing oh, you've ever been in. The rattle. That's the other thing. We fixed the rattle and the dash. Yeah. Because the rattle and the dash at one point was louder than the engine. I thought there was someone behind the dash. Not good. No. <laughs> it was horrific. Um, so luckily, because as you have said, you know, we've never really had Mark 1s before. We're You're not like a Mark 3 expert. You could tell me where every screw and bolt and stupid yeah, thing is sad. in a Mark 3. But on a Mark 1, we don't really know that yet. We're learning. And uh, so we were like, oh, what if it's really weird or, you know, something we don't. But it, luckily it was like one big screw kind of in the middle of the dash that was loose. And, and that solved most of it. <laughs> but those those wee cars, like, they're so simple to work on. Com- yeah. Even compared to a Mark 2, Mark 3, they're like, obviously the price of them now, they're getting very out of the range for things. But if anybody wanted a car to tinker with as a project car that wasn't familiar with them they're the they're the, the job like they're great yeah um, we took the mirrors apart the wing yeah, mirrors off them and all and painted them painted the bases and we discovered there's like one of them well everything vibrates in the car to be fair but one of them with the vibrations just wouldn't stay in position it just kept like drooping down and there's a wee nut or a wee bolt up the inside of them that you can kind of tighten and loosen yeah so now we've solved that which is good as well it just makes all these wee things nicer to drive. Yeah, that's good to that's get the gremlins out of the cars. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be more we can sort of work with with it, but... Yeah. It, but no, I'm just... I'm having so much fun driving it. I'm so delighted to have a car out again. I even got my nails done to match the car. Yeah. <laughs> Girlfriend! <laughs> even has a wee black pinstripe down them as well. Like the body line. <laughs> got those details. Um, so, yeah. So that's... Uh, we'll talk more about actually going to the show and stuff later on. Um, my only other piece of me news for this week is I'm in love. Again. Again. Uh, I was over in Euro last weekend. Oh, I thought yes. Picking up a rock cover gasket when I was taking the rock cover off to paint. Our friend Tufty was there working and he had his RSX sitting outside. Yep. And he let me go for a drive on it. It's like 700 brake, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my God. I guess it's stage one. 2009. I'm not oh sure nine. what Grey shape that estate. is. C7 maybe. Oh my God. I was it's working in the car and Lee came back and she came in and she was like, oh my God. B10? Yeah. The Lambo engine? Yeah. Oh my God. I just can't even I think I heard describe. it time. It sounds like thunder. It does. Tuffy dailies it, so I've seen him in town kind of the odd time and it, it's <laughs> Sounds like and goes like the hammers of fuck. You, you said it was fast and then it come on boost. I thought it was fast. No, I didn't take it very far and I was obviously within the speed limit the whole time. Yep. And uh, I took it out of the road that the shop is on and gave it a wee and it went oop to the end of the road and I was like, oh, that was quick. And then I turned and went down the road a wee bit and then there was a car behind me so I let it turn off and then I gave it a wee bit of, and I was like, oh, this is quick. And then it came on boost yeah. and just banged me into the seat and I was like, holy fuck, yeah. I have never experienced a car like i've certainly never driven a car that fast i don't think i've ever been in a car that was that fast that's yeah they're a bit of an animal that reminds me last february uh, myself and gethin flew out to scotland to do a bit of promotional video for dubshed before covid obviously and we went up to car robinson and unit 68 to shoot uh, a few interviews with some of the guys up there and we went out in his rs6 i think it was a 2015 2016 mm-hmm. rs6 it's bright yellow wrapped um and that's 800 and some brake horsepower 
And as you say, you initially take off and think, this is rabbit. Yeah. And then the turbos kick in and you just go, how are we moving so fast? And do you know what it is? It's a big luxury luxury plush car. It's huge. What's a standard caravan with a turbo strap or a jet engine strap at the back? (laughs) But Tufty's, I don't know if they all have this or if this is his one in particular, but it has all these carbon pieces in it. You know, everything's, it's beautifully finished as you expect a modern Audi to be you know it has a separate start and stop buttons which i found very strange because i so it's not a start stop start it's start it's and a then start stop. and a, a separate stop but ever you know it's a big chunky steering wheel the steering is like heavy but in a nice way like the feel of it uh-huh. it's just this big quality car and then it just Takes scares like the shit out of you yeah <laughs> it's like your house blasting off like a rocket it's yeah class it's, I a, love it's it. a different level of speed a car like that yeah it's just you accelerate and the thing about them rs6 is like i used to have a c5 rs6 they're not the 60 is impressive but it's the 60 to 120 yeah. whereas we just go what the hell is yeah. going on the top end performance is insane on them like yeah carl actually let me drive his rs6 and it's a full auto car automatic gearbox uh-huh I was coming on a slip road, going from second, third to fourth, and it was, it was. I was trying to lose traction. I was trying to lose traction. I could feel the rear end stepping out. Yeah. And a four wheel drive automatic. And you're just going, like this is crazy. Good fun. And then it sounds like Thunder too, which is always very yeah. good. It's hard but to yeah. beat. <laughs> I want one. I think Tofty's actually selling that one at the he minute. Is, so I know. I know what his plan is. There, he's planting the seed. <laughs> so yeah, um, thank you very much, Tofty, for letting me drive it because <laughs> it's super cool. You've but set plans also, in motion. <laughs> also, fuck you for making me fall in love with it. <laughs> Could you dilly drive an RS6 in? Yeah, he does. He does. Well, no, I mean down to Cork and stuff like that. <laughs> I could, if I could afford the petrol. Lee, why is your fuel bill two grand this month? <laughs> yeah, your fuel bill will probably be more than you earn. Yeah, I would say it would. I'd yeah. love to work that out. <laughs> uh, myself then, Lee has pretty much covered what I've been doing. Um, Swearing at a Mark 1 Jetta. Yeah, swearing, sweating. But here, didn't cry. all the tears and anger and all the rest of it, and then you go to a show and you just go, that's why i done it. We were sitting outside on Friday night on the driveway with Stefan and Richie and Patty. We were doing a few last minute were touches you in a white string vest going, Famila? Famila, yes. Well, with did, a we did actually <laughs> mention that at one <laughs> stage. Yeah, I did. It was a very Here's a photoshop for you folks, if you can do that for me, please. <laughs> Richie Brown is Dom Toretto. Yes. <laughs> and uh, he's got the haircut. So, yeah, we were sitting outside. It sort of happened because we were working at the car and then we just kind of stopped. Hold you, on a minute. You have the slope driveway like in Fast and Furious? Oh, yeah. And then, yeah. We're all, <laughs> and you, you don't have V8, you have V6. You can barbecue at the back and all. <laughs> get the shit up. Um, yeah, and I kind of kept looking around at the car and just thinking, all oh, that work and it's now sitting ready to go, which is a nice feeling, yeah. you know, and seeing Lee laughing and smiling going up the road and I was like that's good because you haven't had a car properly and every time I seen you driving yesterday you're just ear to ear smiling yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no it's it's a nice feeling other than that my only other bit of news is something sort of for the listeners is we chatted about Volkswagen Motorsport quitting they've been putting a lot do you follow them on social media Nigel? kind of yeah. yeah I know you do Lee you've seen them posting up about like stuff they've done throughout the years and achievements and they've done like a poster of all their achievements so they put up did you see it? no Um. so they basically done like a downloadable poster that 
shows all it's like a racetrack sort of coming towards you and it shows all their their cars right back from the 60s you know following up to the modern stuff yeah the Dakar Trois rigs on it so it I is. was um, I'm in <laughs> so I spotted it and immediately downloaded it went straight on to one of those websites where you can put it into poster format and order one and within about 15 minutes Lee was like oh my god we need to get this bit into a poster and I was like yeah it's already done it's already on its done. way <laughs> <laughs> so it's a really good setup. I kind of took a chance on what size to print it at, and it it worked well. It's probably about the limit of what you could print it out before it starts to get blurry. So if anybody does want to download it, go on to Volkswagen Motorsports website, download it, and you're looking for sort of like 55 centimeters tall by 41 or 21 inches tall by, 20, or by 16 inches. That's pretty much the perfect size for it. But I think like... The crowd that I used to print it out was maybe 15 quid delivered. Yeah. That's good of them to do that, something like that, yeah, for the fans, uh, rather than going, here, this poster's 50 quid in their site. Exactly, yeah. And it, mm-hmm. it was Paul Barney, I seen, who had shared it, and I was like, that is brilliant. It's a really nice thing. So I think we'll probably end up getting it framed as well for the house. Yeah. But yeah, all in that, that's as much as I have. Cool. Okay, then, so we'll move on to our news news then. Lee, do you want to kick us off? You have the most there. I will. So my first one is about uh, Formula One pit stops. So the FIA thinks that Formula One pit stops are too fast and is bringing in rules to slow them down. So since refueling was banned in 2010, pit stops have been getting faster and faster and Red Bull hold the current record of 1.82 seconds from the Brazilian Grand Prix in 2019. It's actually ridiculous, isn't it? It's crazy. Um, but the FIA now says this is too fast and the, st- the pit stops need to be slowed down in the name of safety. So although accidents are rare, they do happen. Uh, so some of you will have seen in pre-season testing, the Haas driver, Mick Schumacher, left the pits with the jack still wedged under the car. Ooh. And you've seen again from Drive to Survive, the Which Haas, the both two Haas of their cars, cars yeah. ended up with the wheels loose, not attached properly in the same race. Um, so new, become a safety issue then. Yeah, there's a new technical directive that now expects the minimum time between initiation of the jack release and the green light given to the driver to be at least 0.2 seconds, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're down to that, yeah. Um, so this is going to take effect from the Hungarian Grand Prix, which is the first of August, I think. Um, so it follows complaints some of the incredibly fast pit stops rely more heavily on automation than what the rules allow and uh, the rule states devices which are used to fit or remove wheel fasteners may only be powered by compressed air or nitrogen and any sensor any sensor systems may only act passively so what are they doing are they using battery or what or i don't know but i think some of the other teams have been complaining that some of the other teams maybe are I flatten that yeah. rule that's not really enforced. Uh, so reckoning is it will hurt Rebel more than most because their pit stops are so fast. Not only do they hold the current record, um, but they've been responsible for seven out of the ten fastest pit stops so far this year. And it gives them quite a, an advantage over some of the other teams. When you're done, because in some of these races you're talking about tenths of a second. Yeah, and you, you see there even when they're in the pits, you know, the someone trying to get back out of the pits before somebody gets past them you know that can't make yeah. such a difference and a lot of races in formula one are won on pit stops you know, or lost you, uh, Ham- yeah. was it hamilton came in and he was like 50 seconds in the pits or something in one of the races last year i, I you watched, didn't laugh at that connor no definitely not i watched a youtube video there in work with the guys a couple of weeks ago and it was like 
F1 pit stop mistakes or something and there's some cracker ones you know like when the, maybe they pull into the pits and the, the crew are sitting and they, 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 they didn't know he was coming in yeah. didn't know he was coming in you're like oh and then maybe there's like three tires ready and a fourth knot or something but uh, I think he had damaged panic. the the nose cone wing thing uh-huh. and he needed it replaced but the pits the crew didn't know that so he came in for tires and they put the tires on and then they were like oh shit what about this Where's and then this? they had to run and go get it and stuff and it was like oh you can just see the sheer panic when it comes into when a for a team that are so trained. You know, you, you see them go out and it's like pure automatic response of what they're doing. But as soon as something goes wrong, it's just panic. Yeah. Uh, just listening to you talking about that there, it's just I don't think the FAA are learning lessons. They're trying to sterile sterilize the characters, the running off it, all the rest of it. But did they not realize from Drive to Survive, Drive to Survive series that? People want to see that's what makes the it bits interesting. And bobs yeah. this year. And then sure after last week's Grand Prix, Verstappen done a burnout on the line. Uh-huh. Oh, oh no, he's be doing in big th- trouble. Oh, big trouble. This this is a well did they say it was safe? No, but you're it was out a time, donuts. It was a time thing. Because he'd done that, it there's something about when the did he like get a time or, or whatever it was in the end, they're saying, Oh, there'll be punishment in the future if you do that again or something. And you're just there going Wind your neck in. Are burnouts and donuts not like the number one celebration technique for anybody in a car? But he, did he stop on the finish line as he's finishing or something? Something like that. Oh, I can't he remember. While the race was still coming behind him. Don't know if it was a safety him. issue or it, it was a time issue or whatever. And you're just sitting there going, let them on Joy's victory. Aye. You, you know, there's little enough. Uh, you know, pe- the drivers go to speak to the media and they say the same things and all the rest of it. Let them build a bit of character and make the sport more interesting. You're wondering why your viewing's going down. People want to see their true side of the drivers, the incidents, the character. So, a hundred percent. You imagine telling Colin McRae he couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Angry Scottish man. No, the uh, pit stop thing. I've got an idea. Do you ever go to car shows and people have center lock wheels and they have the big torque? Yep. Torque, uh, torque wrench is about two, it's about two foot long. Give them them. Give them them to change the wheels. That'll slow them down. <laughs> <laughs> Four guys. One. Do you remember um, one year at Dubshed, Colin Adams were there and they had the pit yeah. stop challenge yeah. set up. That I thought that was really Tied cool. Tied chains the wheel, the yeah. timed. It was good. It was like a proper like a four or five stud wheel though, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. But you could, w- whatever you could win, was it a total box or something they were giving away? Yeah. It was a cool thing because you know yourself, sometimes it shows... And I don't think Dubshed, because Dubshed's so big, there's always loads to see. But some shows, certainly, you've been there a few hours. And especially if you've your car in, you've been there from the early morning. You've walked around, you've seen everything, you've chatted a few folk, you've had a burger. And now you're like, right, there's still a couple hours left. It gets a bit what stale. Now? Yeah. And it's good to have something like that to either go and watch or go and do or just a bit of excitement. Yeah, absolutely. That, and that is good for... The different types of we're kind of getting off track but like the different types of vendors you get at the show you know there's people who turn up with a stand and that's it or there's people who actually put the effort in and do something make a bit something different. interactive yeah, which i think is cool. really good absolutely that you done that yep my first one then is if you've been living under a rock you've probably missed this it's the e-legend el1 so it's an electric supercar based on like a I would say based on it's more like a retro throwback to the Audi Quattros. And this has been flying around social media this week. It looks yeah, absolutely class. You couldn't have missed it. Have you seen it, Lee? Yes. Yeah, it's the white uh, white Quattro sort of concept. I didn't put it in my news because I assumed one of you would. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's so nice. It's it's so well done. 
it's what car enthusiasts want. They want a car to look like it's something they want to own. They don't want it to look like a Dyson vacuum cleaner. Exactly, yes. They don't a, want to look at, you know, so they're give it a car card, give it desire. Yeah, you know, make you want to own it. Throwback, like, I think it was Renault. Remember they had the Renault 5 GT Turbo sort yes. of throwback? And again, it, we it, Honda e-car. Yeah, throwback. Really popular, yeah. Um, it's things like that that are going to make enthusiasts move towards EVs as opposed to something, as you say, that looks like a spaceship. Um, Bavarian-based company, they're aiming to, and I quote, transfer analog primal instincts of emotional driving into the digital world and revolutionize the market for e-cars. That sounds like something Honda would say. Now, why didn't they just say, we make fast car, we make fast car look old so people enjoy. That is exactly <laughs> what that means to say. Um, You're a marketing genius, Connor. I am. Pay me lots of money. <laughs> so it's currently just a render. They are planning on building it. I would say with the reaction it's got, yeah, it's it's going to be popular. the backer of that company or should just... It's bound to be someone, George Soros, for the tinfoil hats. Right. Let's get um, down to nitty gritty. Give me some figures. Well, figures, well, these are claimed potentials, obviously, because it doesn't exist in the real world, but 2.8, not 60, which is the Tesla Plaid, probably aiming towards that. A 158 mile an hour top end range 248, but that comes with the caveat of if you're driving it absolutely flat out, the reckon two laps of the Nurburgring, which is 26 miles, uh, or sorry, with 26 miles, will deplete the entire battery from a full charge. If that's the figures, then it's not on Tesla. I will not outrun it. No, it's not rolling oh, Tesla units. Oh, units, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's definitely not. Um, carbon fibre monocoque shell, so it keeps the weight down to 680 kilos, which is still heavy compared to like performance cars kind of now, but for EVs, it's probably quite light because yeah. of the batteries and things like that. Um, the problem is they're going to make 30 of them. And when you make 30 <sighs> of something... They're going to be sheds. And the price skyrockets. Yeah. So priced at £765,000 or for our southern friends, €890,000. Lovely. I'll have two. So all those people sharing them on social media, I doubt many of them will be buying them, unfortunately. Um, You'll maybe see them at the Geneva Motor Show. That'll be about it. Maybe even, well, I kind of thought you might catch a glimpse of one of Goodwood, you know, the hill climb or something like that. That would be an outstanding place to, to showcase it. Oh, on that note. Goodwood, Festival of Speed and Silverstone got the go-ahead there this week as well. There we go. Ah, we're they were worried about that. Robin's actually going to it and he was he got an email to say they didn't know It's what, going ahead. Yeah. Ah, that's good. No, so the render that's like the front end of it looks almost equitably like a quattro. The back end, not so much because of the taillights. Um, the back end looks more like uh, like the later Series 2 coupe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like broad backlights as opposed to like mm-hmm. slim, tall ones. And the C-pillar looks almost like a Corrado-y type set up but it is an absolutely gorgeous concept and it works so so well so it'd be interesting to see when they do build it or if they do build it what it'll actually do out there you know against its claimed yeah. efforts the, the press photos like the sort of peppermint green of it too yeah that's well, that, what I saw I've only ever seen white I, I would say that's nice oh yes yes yeah that's nice but yeah no it's it's cool to see EV guys doing something different even if it is going to be well out of our range like that was not an EV pun either <laughs> uh, Lee. So just when we're talking about electric cars and them not looking futuristic and looking like something that you might like to own, well, this is probably not that. Um, have you either of you heard of a Citroen Ami? I have not. No, Monsieur. Which I think means friend in French, mon ami. 
I'm sure Dennis <laughs> can correct us. <laughs> um, it's a little two-seater slash one-seater with a cargo space. Little city car. It's a bit like a smart car. Um, but it. Do you ever see the bubble cars? The little. Um, like AZs, that sort Azetta. of thing? Yeah. They're a bit like that, but for the future. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> but That's they're. Interesting uh, yeah, they're tiny. But it's the like interesting thing about it is. Um, Obviously, they're kind of short-range city cars. That's what they're marketed as. But they're talking about a sub-6,000 price tag. Oh, so mm. it's really accessible then, so, is the thing? You know, for people in London, you know, big cities, I can see why they, they could be a thing. Um, they're a Category 6 quadricycle. So they'll be subject to different MOT rules and stuff because they're not quite a motorbike. They're not quite a car. Um, we'll put up some pictures of them. They're they're funny looking wee thing, but I think the affordability I think, and they're obviously going to be more desirable for commuters than a motorbike, and because they're still a car, they've still got a roof, luggage compartment, this kind of thing. Well, it's not going to suit everybody's needs. One thing we've always said about it is people are moving away from being like a car provider, like you buy a car from, to mobility provider that you yeah. rent from, and like as enthusiasts, that's not something we want. So at least with that. That gives accessibility to people to actually be able to drive, which yeah. is pretty cool. But I mean, they're funny looking. They're cute. They look like a toaster. You know, I would, <laughs> I if I was walking around London or Birmingham or somewhere and saw one, It'll catch it would make eye. me smile. Do you know what I mean? They, they are cute. It's not exactly aerodynamic, is it? No. <laughs> but yeah, electrics, boo. But this one. <laughs> it's a, it's a box with wheels. Basically. It is, yeah. <laughs> now, so what do you got? I have got a wee F1 story. And it was basically about... Portion out here to join the F1 engine meeting at the Red Bull Ring uh, yesterday, I think it was, 3rd of July. So, um, yeah, they've reportedly have, have a seat at the table of the F1 engine manufacturing meeting that uh, took place yesterday, basically. So, they're getting in on the action. I think we mentioned about this. There yeah, rumours of it and all the rest of it. Kind of alludes to what was rumoured before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're in sitting um, to see what the next cycle engine is. Um, so according to Motorsport Week, next Saturday's meeting will bring together next year's four F1 manufacturers that will be represented by Daimler boss Ola Kalinius, Ferrari's John Ecken, Renault CEO Luca Di Mio and Red Bull's Dietrich Matisic. Um F1 chief executive Stefan Dimitrelli, motorsport boss Ross Braun, and FIA president John Todd will also attend the meeting. But Porsche CEO Oliver Bloom and Audi's Marcus Dusman are reportedly also expected to have a seat at the table, although it's unclear whether they will take part in discussions or simply attend the talks of observers, which both companies have done in the past. So periodically there have been rumours of Porsche and Audi's involvement in F1, especially when both companies scaled back their racing activities, you know, their rallying yep. and all the rest of it. So, uh, yeah, the Porsche and Audi have since announced plans to return with works teams to the World Endurance Championship, while sports partnerships with Penske will extend to the IMSA series in the US. So the, the, rumors the plans may be true. are there. Yeah, um, I would say you'll see meet, them. If there are meetings for the next cycle engines in 2025, they're there for a reason. Ah, it's going ahead, like especially yeah. if it's been leaked like that. You yeah. know, if it's behind closed doors, it might not happen. So one door closes, another opens. Indeed. There's recently been a series of tests done by a couple of police departments, um, the LA County Sheriff's Department and Michigan State Police, for the fastest new police car. How fun do those police sound? <laughs> um, and it's not what you might think. It's not even a car. It's the Ford F-150 Police Interceptor. Yeah, that. how American is that? 
The fastest in the fleet is the truck. <laughs> a standard uniform, a mullet. Get <laughs> <laughs> um, rock playing. No mullet, no raid. The F-150 is the most recent addition to the police lineup and has been updated for the 2020 model year. It has the fastest not to 60, not to 100 and quarter mile times than any other law enforcement vehicle. Uh, it goes from a standstill to 60 in 5.4 seconds. That's 1.2 seconds faster than the previous model and 0.4 seconds faster than any of the other police vehicles. That's a pickup that can do not the 60 in 5.5. And they're a lot bigger than anything we have anyway. What are they, two and a half tons? They're bound to be, yeah. That's insane. Yeah, it's just crazy. Obviously, they're 4x4. Four four. Um, it's a the Raptor engine. It's a 3.5 litre EcoBoost V6. Um, 500 pound feet of torque just mad but it also obviously because part of these tests they did were track tests as well so Uh they handle surprisingly for a pickup police fleets across America will begin taking delivery of the updated F-150 interceptor this fall aka autumn they look obviously these are kind of special they're not available to the public uh, ones yeah. I think that it's a specific police interceptor model, but even the photos of it, they they look mean as fuck. Like, yeah, that's cool. If you like get that. pulled over by one of these, you'd be like, "Oh shit, I'm in trouble." Yeah, <laughs> you imagine um, some YouTuber is going to get his hands on one of those in a couple of years at some point. That's what British police need. They need flipping stuff like that. Like so car chases, you know the way the the reverse end them, just try to yep. break the radiators and they put. Something Try robust breaking like that. that. No, yeah. It looks like uh, kangaroo bars in the front of it. It does, yeah. That's for <laughs> getting the suspects out of the road. <laughs> um, shaving even a few seconds off response times can make a big difference, said Ford's police vehicle brand manager, Greg Abel. Whether responding to an accident Sorry. on the highway... Back that truck. Greg Evil? No, Ebel. <laughs> right, okay. It might be Ebel or Ebel. The axis of evil. <laughs> Uh, whether responding to an accident on the highway or a distress call from somewhere off-road, law enforcement officers can count on the 2021 F-150 police responder to get them there fast. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Crazy. America. And, and appropriate for the 4th of July today. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, freedom, freedom will reign. <laughs> Do you think uh, Cletus McFarlane just this is his favourite <laughs> day of the year? That's, that's his uh, that's a fake name. That's what he's running under. <laughs> the brand manager for four percent is Cletus McFarland. Yep. Wind the boost up on them. Um my last bit then is just a bit of a throwback to something I think Lee talked about before was the Suzuki Jimny was being taken away. Um because it wasn't meeting their emissions regulations essentially for their car fleet. There was rumour it was going to be taken back under some shady dealing and shady dealing was done. Yep. (laughs) So the Jimny is now back as a commercial vehicle. Okay. They removed the back seats and that puts it into the commercial side of the fleet, which is lower or higher allowance for regulations for the emissions. And they're now sold as a commercial. So you can only buy a two-seater Jimny. The back's basically decked out like a van and a bit of a mesh bulkhead, but... It's the same in every other way. Do Suzuki do an aftermarket fit your rear seats kit by any chance? It's the first thing I thought of, or it's going to be a case of the older ones. People's because they're pretty much the same vehicle. It'll be like uh, Turan rear branches will go through the roof and into the caddies. Yeah, just spot well. So don't buy Dodge Coin. Buy buy Jimny rear branches. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so they're they're actually pretty affordable too. They're coming in there. Well, because they're commercial, it's plus fat, but it's like sixteen, just under seventeen grand plus fat or twenty all in. 
They're good. so cool. They're good looking. Yeah. There was one at the Sprucefield, not, not a meet. Um, That's what I was going to say. That The last time I saw one was down there. In white? Yeah. yeah, And, and it, they look funky. Yeah, they're really, really cool. They look like like a miniature, well, not even that much more miniature Land Rover Defender, but that they actually function and won't Less break down. Less ugly than the new Defender. Oh, yeah. Sorry, everyone who likes them. I've had many messages about this going, do you not think this is nice? And I'm like, no, still no. no. <laughs> I like them. Message You're Nigel. also wrong. I, f- I feel dirty. The people, <laughs> the people are messaging the wrong person. <laughs> when I first seen the initial pixel, pictures, absolutely, I just went, what the hell's going on? Now I've seen more and more with a few tricked out bits. I really am. But they're mental money. Oh, they're crazy. Well, I think they're dear. I think Jack was saying they're dearer than a, a Vogue. Oh, lovely. Well, I'd rather they bought that than the Vogue, to be fair. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys know Nick Becker. He's one of our listeners. He runs, he's in the States, he runs junk style clothing. Yeah. He's a recovery driver and he sent me a video of, I think it was a Defender, but it was the only two-door Defender in North America. Mm-hmm. So he was in lifting some, like a center where they do the modifications and they're all four doors and suddenly there's just like two doors sitting and it actually looked much, much better. So Lee's, Lee's, Lee's still not Lee's eyeballing me here. I'm still sceptical. I'm off the mortgage. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's me. The, the Jimmy's back. And what I did like about this is kind of like that underhanded, you know, like you no know, motorsport when they look at the rules and they go, what do the rules not say? This is how they get the, the Jimmy back in. So I like that. Have you anything else, Lee? Is that you? I'll leave the other one till next time. Lovely. Well, Nigel. I'm out. Hit us with the YouTubes because you're the man YouTubes. for that. Um, Nigel's been a busy boy. Um, I've been listening. I've been watching the usual stuff. Uh, Clades McFarland. All that carry on. Cock-haw. He's flipping. Uh, what did he do there this week? Me and Andy were talking about yesterday. He's bought a new workshop closer okay. to the track. So he's basi- basically bought an old uh, welding unit. Uh-huh. Or it used to be a lot of welding on it. So he now has this massive shed. For doing because he was sort of working out of uh, what the, the fella faster proms workshop, he was sharing a unit with him uh-huh. and then a unit beside it. But now he's went and got a unit close to his tracks, so the community doesn't as much. And it's massive. Man's living the dream. The man is just moving up different gears now. He's working hard, but he's enjoying it, obviously. Yeah, yeah his challenge just keeps growing and growing, and the stuff he does is cool. Yeah, credit to him. Um, no, I'm jibbering on here just. There's one uh, YouTube channel came up, my su- or YouTube video came up on my suggested list, and it was basically Auto Express of all things, uh-huh. and they done a video comparing Mark One to Mark Eight. Okay, so they've got all the GTIs lined up. I think it's a twelve or thirteen minute video, and he basically goes around. Um, it doesn't go into great detail; it's a summary video. Yeah. So he's driving the Mark One GTI, and he's a gentleman that's in similar age group to me, maybe a wee bit older. I'm I'm in the spring, summer, autumn. I'm 43, put it that way. You're not dead yet, but you're yeah. getting there. Yeah. <laughs> Get up in the morning, I'm sore. Same sort of age guy as me, I think. Um, and he gets in the Mark 1 GTI and he just goes, this this is the, the pure, the original. I can feel the steering wheel. I can direct. He's probably old enough to remember that yeah. being about as well. Um, he sort of skips over the Mark 2 and jumps into the Mark 3. And I hate to say it, but what was he saying? He wasn't a fan of it. Uh, it was a standard GTI, so he, he, it was he went wrong. especially, yeah. Yeah. And he was talking about how his suspension uh, was just a bit soft and just didn't live up the GTI name. Then he went into the Mark IV, and he nailed it, described the Mark IV. He uh, basically said they absolutely focused on the interior and the build quality inside, but they forgot about the drivetrain and the engine. Yeah. 
the chassis. And it's something I remember when the Mark IV came out, that is how old I am. They had such a good base, but they left it to you to sort it. Yes. There's a lot of potential on yeah. that, yeah. Um, and then he moved on to Mark V, and of course, man, has sense. He's going, they, they brought the GTI name back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all around chassis and terror and everything, the rest of it, you know, they were, they were back in the game. And he skipped over the Mark VI because the Mark VI is basically a 5.5. It is, yep. Um, and then he went on to the Mark Seven, and he was saying how good the Mark Seven was. Yes, yeah, sorry, at the start of the video, then he. He had, he had a Mark 1 against the Mark 8, and uh-huh. he hated the Mark 8. Okay. He says it's a great technical accomplishment, but he basically summarized it was a fight between a Mark 1 and a Mark 7, and I think he said the Mark 7 would win because it is such a great, well-developed car. So he actually, it wasn't even the fact that the Mark 7, or sorry, the Mark 8 was more modern than the Mark 1. It was, he would have preferred the Mark 7 over the Mark 8 as such. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, yeah, absolutely. That's interesting. Um, no, it's a good wee video if you want to just... Mark Seven's such a good driving car. Yeah. I drove Matt McCammon's for a while, like, and it was... I think I had it for a week or so with a performance pack with a diff. It's just so, such a well-sorted car. Like, I, I'm not a... As everyone knows, I'm not massively into modern cars, like, but I had so much fun on that thing. Yeah. No, it was, a, it was an interesting video, just if you... And your Volkswagens, just to hear, you know... As Volkswagen guys, we're just like, Volkswagens are brilliant, Volkswagens are brilliant. But that's a guy, probably not in his Volkswagens that much. But he can appreciate it. It's a neutral stance on it. Um, And I think he's an Auto Express journalist many a year, so I would like to think he knows his stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. uh, YouTube, what else? I sort of fell down a loophole of... Shows are back in England, so there's a lot of videos there, channels I watch from English YouTubers, modern YouTubers. And they cover the shows, uh-huh. and there's a couple of show, a couple of videos where they were doing the car parks of the shows. Ah, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, one of the guys he went to the player. Uh, it was an interesting comparison between the car park at Players compared to the car park at Brook Boys. Uh huh. Um, now don't get me wrong. I've seen around the uh, car park at Players. Yes, there's some class cars, but there is some buckets. Yeah. But the video of the Brook Boys one. I thought cars like these only existed on, you know, piss take Facebook pages. Oh, like, ah, uh, yeah. The shit that was in the car parks. <laughs> Here, did you know that wanker spoilers are back in a big way on any car? I was not even on certain cars. This yeah. blew my mind. And then I thought to myself, we're very hard on Feldspeckers. Because to be honest, when you look at a felt spec car, it's not that over the top compared to some of the stuff that you do oh, see. Yeah, well, I've sort of came up with a new term. It's melt spec because the cars are just a pure <laughs> melt. You know, they're just, they're just you know the old thing of driving through Halfords and just things that stick to it. Yep. The people have run out of things to stick the car, so then they just go, "I'll stick some more shit on it." Yeah, yeah. Like it's just side skirts and canards and wanky wings it's ridiculous like and you're just going calm down and just take a step back and look at your car i i'm yeah it's odd for me because i always think like right that's somebody's car and they like that but then you get a lot of people who do a lot of that stuff that are like you know i can't afford to build a real nice car so i'll just have a bit of fun with it and you kind of look at some of the stuff and go for the money you've put into that all that tack on it you could have built yourself a pretty nice subtle looking car yeah maybe they like it but it's I, i'm all for here it's your car do what fun. you want yeah but i can a appreciate a, a car that is not to my taste at all 
there was a couple there yesterday. I'll not say them because I don't want to yeah. offend anybody, but there's a few cars that I would not have done any of what they had done from be it the color to the mods to the interior to the whatever but i can appreciate the work and the quality of the work and if it's well done and, yeah you know it's like um that do you remember that show we went to in the in the hood oh we went we went to a show we went in, to fast the furious in the ghetto in brooklyn <laughs> in 2011 i think it was a lot it of was spinny bit, wheels and neons it was but it was chrome spinners and airbrushing and lambo over the top lambo doors and the, the bonnet bonnets. and the, the kind of claw opening bonnet and it was weird 3d skulls coming out of cars and stuff but you couldn't deny the quality of the yeah. work everything was really really well done it just wasn't for me but uh there's a difference between that and just sticking random shit on that doesn't even look good i think the other thing that applies to what nigel's saying is too if that was a one-off car you could kind of think well somebody had a bit of fun and just did something a bit wacky and different it's when you start to see that been replicated that's people with no imagination looking at that and going i'm going to do what he did i'm going to do what he did you know when it's just i think yeah, your product your environment if you're not about with cars that look like that you go oh that's how you make a car look yeah you know so we need to split them up diverse them diversify <laughs> disperse them I think was the word I was looking Dispersal. for eliminate eliminate water cannon <laughs> disperse <laughs> into the showers uh, that's that's all I have on YouTube just uh, I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast listen to other podcasts um, just a quick mention of the Collecting Cars podcast with hey my guy Chris Harris your mate um, he, I was actually listening to it on the way up here today he had John McGuinness you know the TT writer ah yeah yeah uh, great listen I'd say that would be good say no more he's a northerner he's funny Story check, it have, check it out yeah well if that's us for the news on youtube we'll move on to well what normally would be our main topic but we'll talk a bit about euro traffic then since we have avoided yeah. earlier on yeah nothing much to talk about really is there no not much no just an old show you know just the normal just, just normal <laughs> that sounds weird even saying yeah. um so yeah we, we've talked about euro traffic before it's another gti event with nigel yourself colin gethin and then us tag-alongs. We help out a little bit sometimes. Aye. More the hamsters than that. Don't, don't let them tell you otherwise. Um, <laughs> who's telling us that? I'd fight them. <laughs> but, yeah, so we lost Castle Well two, three years ago. Probably three. Been searching for a replacement ever since kind of thing. And this has come to head. From the feedback we've had from people talking to it, the vibe has matched or outdone Castle Well. Um, yeah. The, the surrounding trees on it and then down onto the waterfront it makes it a lot more like secluded and private, which is nice. I Castle think my ha- thing about it was it's a lovely location, grass, trees, all that stuff that I like. And uh, But no general public. Yes. It's just us. And I always thought that was kind of a problem with Castlewell. And although it was my favourite show, you know, the dudes on mountain bikes just coming through the middle of it and people going to the campsite and, you know. The, the people that are there are people that want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. It's and a, that's a family vibe. That was great. For want of yeah. sounding like Dom. No, um, we had been looking for a new venue. We had one sort of on the hook, didn't work out. And then Gethin lives up that direction and he suggested it. We went and looked at it and it worked. this can work, hopefully. You guys yeah, put a lot of effort into that site yeah, as well. Yeah, it was a rundown site, so it had to be a lot of groundwork done on over the last six weeks. And I think we'll have a look and obviously terrific. The, the committee members of the boat club were... Seeing several times of looking well. Happy days. But it was very tricky to get things organised and 
be ready. It was very complicated with COVID up until the Friday evening before the show. Right, so Restrictions didn't get eased. So until then, we would have to have different measures in place for COVID. Yeah. But five o'clock the night before the show. Etiquette left couldn't. It. So that's part of the reason why the show wasn't pushed as much because we we're terrified of mass amount of people turning up. And then it opened up as well to not only German cars, but European yeah. cars, which was a first for ourselves. Yeah. Um, I thought that would have been a big push, you know, for people. Yeah. Like, I genuinely thought we'd have been turning people away yesterday because of the sheer numbers and with nothing happening yeah. kind of thing. But as you guys say, it's like you, you purposely didn't push it because that of that reason. Worked out nicely, so it did in the end. Um, so, as with every new show, there's teething issues, there's things to be addressed. They will be we will debrief in this and we know where we'll have to go next year yeah there will be a next year because the guys that own the place were absolutely more than that they actually commented how well we're on the event which well, is always good. a compliment you that's know? nice especially going in somewhere yeah. for the first time you don't know what they're yeah. expecting of you or what's going to happen um yeah. the feedback was great i think it was yeah. yeah and it's always taken on board and i think that's what makes a lot of the gti stuff work so well is that even if you do agree with it or not it's always listened to the feedback from people yeah. it's always appreciated well and at the end of the day people attend the show you have to listen to them or they'll not come back exactly yeah that's it yeah. and people with a different outlook on things that are maybe not as involved in the show as we are can see things different than we do you know or see things that you're maybe missing which is you know I think you kind of get into, especially with a show that you've been doing for years, not so much with this, but you get into this like kind of hole, that, like tunnel vision, and you can't look beyond it. So yeah. if they come in with like a fresh idea, it's nice, fresh pair of eyes on it. Um, it was so good to see people. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Cars. I spoke so to many so many people, too. and yet there were so many people that I didn't get speaking to, yeah. that I wanted to talk to, or that I waved at on the way in and was like, I'll see you later, and I didn't. I was the same. Actually, I think uh, when we were parking cars to start, Andy Cooper was standing behind us. You were talking to him. I was talking for a bit. Lee, you yeah. were talking to him. And he walked past me one point. He says, I'll catch you after. And I kept, like, avoid, like not avoiding him, but, like, passing him, you know, always doing something. I seen a few of the listeners. It was the same thing. Yeah. Got talking Good to a few of the listeners. You, yeah. It was brilliant. And then people we've known for years that you just kind of see it shows. Adam, what? Adam Osborne, tenors. Like, I don't see Adam other than his shows, so it's been, like, two years. What I like about it with Castlewell, they'll be different. I think there's a more old school tennis at Castlewell. Yeah. And I think at Eurotreff we've seen that. Oh, yeah. the And the, the diversity in cars, it was definitely more biased towards older cars. As you, you said there earlier on, when's the last time you've seen so many Mark II Golfs at the show? In fact, I think we commented on one of the shows, I can't remember if it was one of our own shows or not, that... Mark twos were nearly dying out on Mark threes with the new Mark twos. It was last year. Is that what it was? There was very few Mark twos. Yeah. yeah, and now they're back with the Vengeance. We, uh, I got talking to an older guy with a Mark one, the blue, the Miami blue. Oh yeah, from Monaghan. Yeah, and uh, he was great crack, and he came up to me and asked. I was wearing one of the Midlands VW caps. And he came, when we walked past, he said, oh, are you from the Midlands or something? And I was surprised that he knew what MLVW was. And then we were chatting. You rightly. Lucy was with me. Um, and obviously her caddy is the same colour. And he was just a lovely guy to talk to. Beautiful little car. He was telling us all about the history of it and pointing out things to Lucy for her car and stuff. And, you know, there's the the people that you know and and catch up with, but then you also meet new people as well, that's which is really nice. Shows, yeah. That's um, especially, 
well, everybody knows I like to talk, but like if you're willing <laughs> yeah. to go out of your way and talk to people you don't know and just strike up a conversation, you know, everyone's there for the same kind of reason. So yeah. you, it's very, very easy to make friends. And Andy know. from New Look. Yeah. I've never spoken to him before. We've chatted on social media and I feel like I know him because, you know, we've talked back and forth and you're, you know him, both of you know him, but I'd actually never met him in person before until uh-huh. yesterday. His clear was getting a lot of attention yesterday. It was, yeah. And rightfully so. It looks good. <laughs> it's class. Um, no good set of traders as well. You'd, yeah, uh, top top guys. Yeah, no great to deal with too. You, we actually had tried Ross from Anakim. He does that hybrid quick detailer. Have you ever mm. used it? No. Mm. It's you, good. Lee had a bottle of it randomly. Someone had given to her. Somebody gave me it and I can't remember. I want to say it was Stefan because I think I was over his yard yeah. one day cleaning the car and uh, there was water spots or something on it and I don't have cleaning stuff because I haven't had a show car for years and I drive. I had this superb with Sirocco and it was like well who cares yep. <laughs> it's ceramic coated give it an oil hose and it'll be fine <laughs> but uh, I think it was he him giving it and it is it's really good and I, I as you know as I think I've talked about before I love the Anakim aerosol glass cleaner yeah um, just even for just general round the house usage because I am woeful at cleaning glass and it makes it easy <laughs> Even an idiot like me can do it. <laughs> I like the purge stuff. Yeah. That's good. As we talked about that before, like, you know, he'd done the... the shampoo's pro- very good too. He'd done the, the promo code for the listeners. Yeah. And, like, I, I'm not into promoting stuff that I don't use or don't like, you know. Uh, like, you couldn't pay me enough money to tell people that I like something when I don't, you know, that kind of thing. And that's why you just say, you're like, yeah, these products work and they're good. Yeah. So you got do what you told me. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but they're the two guys they're great crack and stuff as well yeah, and they'll yeah. talk you through everything really knowledgeable and i think that's good. something our shows tend to attract to as decent traders yeah you know people you can go up and talk to and i think i mentioned this i was chatting to ross yeah, or ross mentioned he says you know support back your product if yeah you know if you're putting out a product doesn't work you don't have a good business plan exactly know? and he put up a nice video with the end of the day as well tag gtni and stuff and about the yeah. show saying about pretty much echoing what we're saying that the behavior of the people at the show you know how well it was run first time event great to see people again that pretty much sums it up like it's nice yeah. but i had so much fun talking to people it was yeah. good i also had a fancy hat so i didn't get sunburned you so. did and many people commented on your hat connor was the resident mexican it was about. indeed and uh, people laughed at the start, and then I, a lot of people walked past me when it got a bit hotter, and were All like, "All you heard was, is anybody got any sunblock?" Yeah, I was like, oh, I could do your hat now, and I was like, "Yeah, you could." Mm. Well, I was, suckers. as always, <laughs> as a girl guide, prepared, very well prepared, and I had everything in the boot of the car, from tables and chairs uh, to sun cream to insect repellent to a full first aid kit to tablets to bite and sting cream to waterproofs umbrellas. Um, Lee was prepared. Anything, anything and everything. If you tools, ramps. I had oh, I bought a few weeks ago. Actually, I didn't think I've mentioned it on the podcast yet. A set of Thule, Thule, whatever you call that brand, uh, caravan ramps. Oh, fancy! But they're so handy. You know the ones for like leveling your caravan yeah, yeah. and rough ground. Lee bought them for. I actually noticed yesterday. Andy Maxwell has a set for his camper van. Um, but they're great. You know, if you need to get up into somewhere that's a wee bit Is you can or, use them as that too or just to get the jack under yeah that's so good rather than cutting a bit of wood but they came in a wee carry bag and stuff they're real nice quality ramps well I'll tell you what more importantly 
What was your favorite German car there? And we'll go with non-German too because non-German Chris Wolsey's two thousand and two. That oh, sorry, German. That's German. Sorry, German. <laughs> I thought you meant non-vag. Non-German car. Yeah. Go with go with both because it's the first time we've done a show that has had non-German added to such. Hmm. Need a minute to think about that. German cars for me, there's so many. Um, what do you pick? I had oh, for the German stuff well up there Paul Glennon's T4 van the body dropped one yeah, it was a wild card like. cool. it's so cool yeah. it's not what you would normally pick so if anybody hasn't seen it it's I think it's one of his dad's old business vans um, that had lay up and he just sort of recommissioned it, it as such body dropped it it's low it's cool it's lower than a standard caddy van which is impressive for yeah. a van the size of a T4 because he pulled up beside me and I was standing taller than it and I'm only like 5'10 Black McCormick's caddy pickup, the yeah. blue one, like that thing. There is nice guy, Blake. Um, I actually bought suspension off him last year. Um, he's had that probably three or four years now, and every year he just improves, improves, improves. That's why I like it so much because it went from being on like rep wheels and it just it didn't sit right, and it's just developed it and developed it, and it's on air, it's on RSs. It's just a well sorted wee car. It's really cool. Um, Gethin's Mark Six. Oh. The work uh, he's yeah, been doing. Glad to see insane. that out now. Um, it's just sitting perfect. I could guess Lee's. William Brown's A8, the green A8 on the 21s. S8. So nice. Or S8, sorry. That is. I just wanted in the goals yeah. right there. That like, thing is so cool. I love that. Lee's a big S8 fan. Yeah. There was loads. There were so many. As I said, there was cars that I looked at that I liked, that I was surprised at myself for liking. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one in particular. Again, I'll not, I don't want to offend anybody, so I'll not, but it was a car on a set of wheels that I certainly wouldn't have picked myself. Uh-huh. Did have wind deflectors on it, which, as you know, is always a mark against it in my book. <laughs> but it was a kind of modern car, so not really my thing. These wheels, which, again, not my thing, but it sat really well. I thought it looked, the overall package looked really good. I was really impressed with it. Uh-huh. So that, and it's good that as well that, you can see stuff at shows and you can go, well, I probably wouldn't do that, but I can see where see they're coming from. How it's cool. Yeah. No, I like that. There's a lot of things you look at and you go, well, I wouldn't have done those wheels and would have did this, but as an overall, it works so well. What about you, German, then? Would that have been I, I, 2002? I, yeah, I, I think that car's awesome. That is. Just well t- sorted. I've been talking to Chris Woolsey at the uh, driven run properly, like in the details of that car mm-hmm. and just. I think he told me yesterday he was talking to myself and Andy Totten and the floor pan flat car he had to get shipped from the States. That's right. Yeah. Um, and now you can buy it from Bavaria. Nice guy to chat to. I just, he's, he has the clown car as well. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. The shoe. Yeah, the shoe. So Disappointed BMW. not to see any Novas, to be honest. No Novas. Was hoping with Euro cars. What about? Sadly not. What about the non-German stuff then? Hmm. That Mark one Escort, I think. The Escort game was strong yesterday. It was. Although there was other things, certainly contenders. Andy's Cleo, we talked about. That would probably remind. The 106 Rally was cool. There was even a Metro. There was the Metro Turbo. That was cool to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Good collection of minis there too. There was. But Uh, definitely the Cleo for me. The Escort out of all. What about you, Nigel? That's probably down the same lines. Mm. Mark 1 Escort was nice. She's X4 owners, you see. Yeah. It's always in you. It's in the roots. <laughs> no, but yeah, it was it was a good day. Thanks to everybody for turning up, showing yeah. out. One of my most enjoyable parts of the day as well, although the show was excellent, was just driving there and back. Yep. In the Jetta. Because I 
I haven't driven it that much, obviously, because it's only really been on the road the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, it was fun. Having and I think I, I think I surprised a, a few other drivers on the road on the way. Ah, yeah, you definitely did. <laughs> Lee pulled onto the motorway and sped straight to 70 miles an hour and didn't break it. And people were surprised. <laughs> I think I gave, there was a, a chap in an Audi when we were coming out of Dollingstown, I think. He had a little bit of a surprise when he tried to pass me and he couldn't. He couldn't, yeah. He was a bit <laughs> impatient for a while. Bye, Felicia. Um... That Austin folks, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah th- just a big shout. Everybody that attended yesterday really appreciate the support, and it's, it's the first time at a new venue, so there will be improvements next year. And yep, yeah, yeah. Well, from on a personal note, I would like to thank everyone who has helped me in the last couple of weeks and months with getting the car ready, especially you, Connor. He he he. I'll take all the praise. Don't worry. But I mean, everybody who's lent a hand from Richie, Stefan. Paddy, Ben, Nigel, Nigel helping us out with parts, um, Andy Maxwell with advice. Um, Untold amounts of people. Yeah, just cheers everybody. I'm absolutely over the moon. As you should be. Yes. Room, room. Roll on the next show. Before we move on to the questions, I'd like to take a moment to talk about our sponsor, Studio 10 Bespoke Car Care. Studio 10 are a car care business located in Ballymena, Northern Ireland. Robin specialises in vehicle detailing, paintwork correction and ceramic coatings. Studio 10 are the only Movinci approved detailer based in Northern Ireland and are proud to have many years experience in the automotive industry. Studio 10 also offer an online training programme, Foundation Pro. This programme is designed for those who want to improve their current skill set, whether that be to detail their own vehicle to a much higher level or are considering starting their own valeting business. The course also features many other benefits such as discount codes for various detailing companies and much more. To view all their packages, training course and obtain details on all of the other services they provide, visit their website at studio10car.care or simply Google Studio 10. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at Studio 10 Detailing. This episode is also brought to you by Relo Global. Relo Global are an enthusiast-owned company providing you with not only premium automotive apparel, but accessories such as garage banners, posters, stickers and air fresheners. They're Northern Ireland-based and an official stockist for 8380 Labs in the UK and Europe. Pop on over to Reload.Global to view their online store and see what's right for you. So, will we kick into the Q&A of the section then, guys? Sounds good. Yep. yep. And we have quite a lot to get through here, so this should be fun, as always. Uh, we'll go reverse order. So this is Rocco. He says, the Airbus triangles of my focus were cool, right? And you guys remember? Yes. I remember the focus, yeah. I I quite liked them at the time. They were a product of their environment, I will they, say. Of their time, but yeah. That would have been what, mid-2000s? Early 2000s? Early maybe? 2000s, yeah. Um, Chris Holden, I think, was the guy that done the Airbus on them. Carbon Gin- car. Ginger paint? Yes, yeah, I, I think at the time they were very in because you had like a lot of the... Statement making. F- yeah, Fast and the Furious type yeah, graphics yeah. and stuff. I've seen a lot more offensive, but like that. But I know Rocco <laughs> has got dogs abuse for them over the years. And people like to bring them up with them, but no, yeah, I quite like them. Yeah. Maybe not so much now. <laughs> His taste has definitely changed and got a lot better, I'll say that. Although, mark on focus. Cool Hard to beat. I, yeah, I th- like They've them. actually aged very well. Good, um, good chassis in them cars. Yeah, they drive really well. Yeah. We have Jake underscore slow up. Volkswagen SP2 needs more love. Yeah. 
And you need big bank accounts and uh, yeah. lots of skills to buy one. The, the SP2, for anyone who doesn't know, is like an air-cooled coupe. So it's like back in the era, but they were Brazilian market only. Yeah. They kind of... Remember one came out in PVW a while back? The orange one? They kind of just exploded and I thought, well, nobody knows about these cars, so they'll be cheap. No, they're like 20 grand upwards. Mm. Uh, probably need a lot of work. Yeah. Aye. Uh, probably all rotten. S14, ooh, uh, as always, S14 OCP. I can never... All <laughs> right. Um, why do shows on grass have a better vibe to them? They do when it's a nice day. Yeah. And the grass is dry and the ground firm. But when it's now guttery, stinking wet day. Guttery. There's one for the American listeners. Guttery. Guttery. Shock. Yeah. When you're having to wade through the show field, that's kind of different. Well, Although, because there had been a bit of rain overnight and stuff, I actually put my hiking boots on to go to the show thinking just in case it's slippery or mucky or... And you know how clumsy I am. Yep. I'll be the one who'll fall and break my leg. So, um, but then by the end of the day, my feet were roasting. <laughs> I brought my sun hat and my shorts, and didn't even bring a jacket. I brought a second pair of shorts for some reason. I was going up the road. Going, it was weird the weather yesterday. It was yeah. One minute was cold, warm. Next thing you were getting sunburnt. Next thing you were cold again. No, oh, I was delighted with it. But towards the end of the day, it was burn city. Um, we have a wreck of ones in here for me and Kay. So we'll start off. He says, "How good does Lee's Jetta look on those wheels?" Very nice. Not Thank one, you. Not one to blow her on trumpet, so I'll blow it for her. You. Um, <coughs> wheels are going well. They're, yep, they're good. Um, he also says, do you have one thing that is a must-have on any of your cars? Good suspension. Low suspension. Good <coughs> suspension. Low suspension. No point No point <laughs> being low if it rides shit. Uh, yeah, I think the older I get, the more I understand that as well, but I do like my cars low. I have things that I would like to have, but... In the Jetta and the Nova and various other cars I've owned over the years that I have not had. Uh, air conditioning being one. Yeah, you <laughs> like steering air being another. <laughs> um, would you rather be really hot or really cold? Well, I'm really hot. I'm always hot. <laughs> um, being fat, I'd always rather be cold. I'm always a big fan of you can put yeah. more clothes on. There's yeah. only so much you can take I off hate, before you get arrested. Too, I hate being too hot, yeah. Yep. I'm always warm. Oh, I, I don't addressed. love either, but I'd probably pick cold if I had to. Yep. Um, tipple of choice? Many. <laughs> Prosecco, really? <laughs> Quantity, <laughs> not quality. <laughs> That's not true. Heavily on draft. Oh, good shout. Heavily so, is my thing at the minute. It's just, just hits. Prony and beer Moretti for me, especially on draft. Yeah, well, that would be my three. Heavily top, prony. Beer ready. Although I have been drinking Jack Daniels. What is my 32? I've been drinking Jack Daniels for 18 years, I want to say. Like, pretty steadily. And I've never sickened myself of it. I thought you were going to say you've become immune to it. Uh, no, definitely haven't become immune to it. Definitely not. Uh, I like Prosecco. I like a nice New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. My cocktail of choice. Um, well, I like a lot of them, but... Amaretto Sour, I think it's my favourite. Really? I'd say strawberry daiquiri. Mm, no. Strawberry daiquiris can be hit and miss depending on where you get them. Amaretto Sours are always good. The same thing. Yeah. There we go. Uh, Ian also says, what is the most expensive set of wheels you would buy? Would buy? Yeah. Ian's looking mm. at wheels for Haley. I've got a 2015 E-Class, I think. I'm looking at lowering it and big wheels are very expensive, it seems. So I've never really spent massive money on wheels. I have. You have? Oh. <laughs> I know you both have... of your answers. Some sort of RSs? RSs. 
What what well, what have you spent on wheels, Nigel? I'm not naming uh, my wife might listen to this. <laughs> what does it begin with? Expensive. Expensive. So he's not giving anything away. Sign. At least fifty pounds, Connor. I don't think I've ever spent over I think the most I've ever spent on a set of wheels was a thousand pounds. Which to be fair in the wheel game doesn't really go no, very far. But yeah. I've always been into like buying cheaper sets that need refurbished or finding a bargain and doing that. Depends on the car. Um the wheels that would be god tier wheels for me would probably be magnesium bbs or gt series wheels yeah you're in the four grand plus yeah that's the god tier wheels for well, me ian sent me a link last night to ebay there was a set of 18 inch rs's but they weren't super rs's original finners were six grand oh somebody's like, got the same tax in that yeah definitely i was like ah no thanks you've never been one for massive money on wheels either have you no most of mine have been cheapish and then I put money into them kind of thing, getting them powder coated or refurbed or But he's asking how much would you spend? Uh, I as little as possible would be the answer. For the right set of wheels I, I would spe- probably buy I love Turbo Max. I've no idea how much they are, but I would probably buy a set of those if I had the right car for them. The the advantage you have, Lee, is you're not into split wheels. So yeah. monoblocks are usually a lot cheaper anyway. And actually fifteen fifty two are bringing out a whole new range this year. They've released one or two sets already. I actually mm. had it as one of my news stories a few weeks ago and I didn't, we'd run out of time and I didn't put it in. But yeah, probably the next time they do a release, I'll I'll talk about it again. But the last set they released, they had them on a an atlas in mm-hmm. the publicity shots and they look Looked class. Good. And I, I like all those type of wheels. I think the most I would comfortably feel, like feel comfortable spending would probably be about two grand. And after that, I'd be a bit squeamish. And to be honest, at two grand, I'd still be like hmm, a bit sweaty over that and and to be fair again in the wheel game two grand doesn't go far i was 80 percent buying a set of wheels for the crado at three and a half grand before christmas <laughs> how many times do i have to say the words the pegasus the pegasus the yeah. are perfect on that car oh. and if you change them you're an idiot but it's you- hi i'm nigel i'm an idiot <laughs> <laughs> what were i assume there were bbs's yeah. Yeah. To be honest, I agree with Lee. And we said we went for ice cream last night after the show and you drove out and Lee Gethin and Did I you hear all, my turbo spill. We did indeed. <laughs> uh Lee Gethin and I all said that those Pegasus will suit that car so well. Yeah. I was I was just I remember buying them. They didn't look a hundred percent in Gethin's Mark Three. It was just it looked all right, but didn't really it would never be the same as AC Snitzers on it. Ah yeah, they or, were the perfect wheel on it. Um and I remember going, they might fit my Crado. And they were decent money at the time. And I just went, right, I'll, I'll see how they go. If not, I could sell them on, put them on, just went, there the wheels this is yeah. I, I had RSs on before. Yeah. And it looked all right. It looked good. The, the problem is it looked like every other Crado in RSs. Yeah. And then I just went, wow. But I think that derives from Crado's come on a Penta spoke, a Facebook yeah. speed line. Now, I think sometimes a manufacturer wants to put a wheel in a car you have to sort of sometimes think why they did yeah. that. Yeah. And try and look along those lines. And that's th- why Borbits look good on a Corrado. Hopefully Fives. when I com, get my Corrado. Com Moto, com Moto, uh, M05s or whatever they are. Yeah. Um, you have The likes KW of Turbo Max, um, Tarmax. I have a set of KW Turbos I'm hoping to put on once I one day get the Corrado done. That style on a Corrado, it does work. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, 
there's a channel I would watch occasionally, BWTV, I think it's called. It's young young lad in England. He has a VR6 credo. And he has a set of speed lanes and they're a Facebook. They're basically a bigger Penta or a bigger They're a 16 inch version of the they're speed lane. They're 16 inch version. You cannot get them everywhere. No. I was nearly messing him going, would you sell these? In case he was maybe thinking of changing them. I tried to find a set for Lee's Corrado ages ago, do you remember? You mm-hmm. wanted like sort of OEM plus theme with it. And then you just can't get them like they're hard to God. Mm-hmm. So no Nigel's figure for... And I, I can't budge myself to go comp and pay the money for a set of ammo. I knew you know. sort of thing. Good will though. Um, AJMVW, Andy Maxwell, he says, Lee has a show car again. Whoop. That's, it's awesome and makes me feel very jealous. Whoop, whoop. I think Lee feels the same. Yes, I Andy do. Andy has a Mark 1 Z as well. Andy's been working hard getting his camera van. He really? has. So, He's had a lot of stuff yeah. on the go. He also says, boy, it's great to get to a show. Yep, it is. Damn yeah. right. Anna Kem Automotive, Ross, we talked about earlier. How fucking great was it to be back at a show as cool as Eurotraffin? Damn straight. Yeah. That was great. Cheers, Ross. Uh, Jack Anderson, 938. Great day at Eurotraffin. As usual, well organised and great venue. Credit to you and everyone involved. Thank you very much. Cheers. We didn't do very much. This golf it, so. was looking great yesterday. It was. Yeah. Uh, Black polished up very well. Yeah. Um, some dude, Bob. He says, favourite two cars from today, one vag and one not. Well, we discussed that. Yeah. Ronan underscore hits 21. Not one single handprint of my car after a car show. I'm shocked and impressed. That's good. People. Well, I think I'd raise back what you said. Yeah, me. no general public. Who's Probably. only car people. Yeah. Anybody who has a car, a show car there doesn't knows not to put their hands on things. That's very good point. Yeah. Here, going back on the previous question, favourite vag car. I just remembered. My favourite car was parking the spectator car parking. What was that? Darren Lennox brought the limited up. Did he? Yeah. Why did he not have it in? It's like I didn't know until last night. Somebody put a picture. Look at this was out in the car park. Why is it not in the show? Well, funny, when I was standing it's for sale, by the I was, so was the chrome. The, I was doing country, some country. of the spectator parking. And Cooper came in in the Porsche and the fellow that was with him, who I apologise, I don't know his name, was in another Porsche. Oh, it's uh, Pablo, was Pablo. it? Was it Pablo? Uh, I thought so. Paul. Um, so then these couple of young fellas, I'm not sure if it was the ones who were running around with uh, Gethin's son or some other younger uh, boys came out and they were all like, oh, look at these, look at these, why are these not inside and stuff? And they were all taking pictures and stuff. And I was like, oh. I was seeing that happen the weekend. Yeah. We were like, wow. And, but I think sometimes it's nice to take a wee walk around the car park. We used to do it. Do you know what my favourite one to do was? The campsite at Edition. Yeah. yeah. You walk around the campsite around. and there's stuff that's not in the show because it's either Japanese or something else. Or But there's always interesting stuff. Some people are also not really into show in a car either. Or they don't want to yeah. have a car sitting all day. They can leave. Yep. Um, going back further than that maybe 15 plus years ago GT International you'd have spent an hour going around the car park yeah, yeah. sometimes it's, it's, it's really worth doing Ultimate mm-hmm. Dubs was like that too you'd walk around the car park yeah. on the Sunday uh, Ronan also says at Connor how big of a hat is too big there's no such thing Ronan like five <laughs> foot you're dra- drawing the line wide well get the big <laughs> Texas oil wearing hat that's what we're going for. Slightly wider than your shoulders. You wouldn't want to go any wider than that. Here, I didn't you're, get burned. It was okay. You're just peacocking if you go bigger than that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always peacocking. After that, go for an umbrella. A parasol. <laughs> parasol. <laughs> and wear a frilly skirt. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, a Mav 90 G60. Danny Mercado, he says, will you be at Mark 1 Madness next year? No, but it's something I do want to do. Yeah. We have a lot of friends who've went to Madness now for... 10 plus years have been at us it's basically a mark one gathering and it's a bunch of absolute lunatics a lot of og guys and all that so i'd really like to do it at some point but i, I doubt it'll be next year 
Glennon1275, Paul Glennon, he says, did you guys get burned at Eurotraven? Nope, because of my aforementioned big hat. Nope. And my wife had sunblock with me. I was yeah, well prepared. Us. Uh, epic show. It was well needed catch up with, ever, with everyone. Um, Jazz underscore monkey. How do you eat your cream eggs? With my mouth. In bulk, it appears. Because <laughs> Lee and I found a box of 48 in the house there the other day. And they were going out of date at the end of the month. So they so had to be out. It's only a responsible thing to do. As responsible adults, you don't want to waste food. No. So of course. Um, I try to eat most of the chocolate off first oh really and leave the middle bit because here's my thing about cream eggs right i really like them but because the middle the filling bit is so so sweet Mm -hmm. i nearly find that if you eat a load of the sweet stuff and then eat the chocolate after the chocolate nearly tastes better compared to the really really sweet middle you need to blend them so i try and eat most of the chocolate off first as much as i can get off while still having a receptacle for the filling and then just eat like all the filling on its own with a, just a wee bit of chocolate. I actually oh, very sent, detailed, Lee, I yeah. like that. <laughs> Lee's into her food. Um, <laughs> Can you tell? <laughs> I sent uh, Waterneck over to Nick, my golf is slow, uh, last week. And we had that many cream eggs. I popped two into the package for him. I was like, here, there you go. Um, some decent chocolate for the Americans. Uh, Irish Chris 81. What's the worst weird noise you've ignored for a good few months before fixing it? Definitely not currently the suspension arms in the Bora, I'll tell you that. <laughs> bongo song. It's like the bongo song, yep. It's like a <laughs> 90s dance hit when you're driving around a corner. Mm-hmm. I did ignore an oil pump failure once. That would be bad. It, I can tell you now, a 1.3 Mark II will make it from Lurgan to Guildford with no oil pump. And then it seizes on the driveway. That's when we bought an engine off you, Nigel. <sighs> Water pump on a Polo probably 20 years ago. I could hear it thumping. Squ- oh, <laughs> that's always bad. And I don't know what happened, whether it's seized or whatever, but it just broke a time belt in the ring, wrecked the engine. Mm. My engine was always bad in the Mark II. And it was just like, I was actually lifting Paddy Nelson, a friend of ours, and we're coming to here before we owned this place. It was our grandparents or my grandparents. And I knew the engine was always really, really bad. And the next thing, the oil pressure light came on and the buzzing. And I was like, well, we'll gamble and see, is it the switch or is it the pump? And of course it was the pump. And I got on, I met it onto the driveway in first gear with my foot welded to the floor and it seized at the kitchen window. And there was about eight of us here. And we just pushed it up into the workshop and started to take the engine out of it. <laughs> I cracked the water, I cracked the top off the coolant bottle and poured water into it. And the block sounded like it was going to split with a banging and cracking it was doing. It was hot. Cool me. So it was an experience. Mm. It smelled like death as well. Have you anything for that one? You're pretty good with that kind of shit. You don't ignore things. The only thing I tend to ignore or wait till it gets worse is a wheel burn. Because they start to go and they're fine for a good while before they go. So I just turn the radio up a wee bit louder <laughs> <laughs> until you can't drown them out anymore. That's when it's time to change it. <laughs> change the hub. I remember, remember the black GT Mark III pole I had years yes, ago. Yes, yes. I remember the wheel burn. I was going to Limerick show years ago and... The wheel bearing started to make a noise on the way down. Mm. I just went, ah, be alright. Drove about, done the show, and then it got really bad on the way home. And basically, you could see my house from where it collapsed in the middle of Cumber. Was this on a rear wheel? Yeah. Yeah, they're notorious for that. Yep. And the wheel literally can come off. Yeah. Because it happened to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so don't ignore that noise. Don't ignore it. <laughs> don't take advice, most folks. Um, Marty Mim. He says, what about the plush RS4? We met him on the center line and then talked him into going to Eurotraffin. This blew my mind. I was talking to Ross yesterday about this. 
uh, coming back from Players Classic, Ross and Marty were on the Liverpool boat home. Uh-huh. They get talking to, I forget his name, is Luke? I think the fellow's name. That owns it, I didn't get to think it's the Luke. guy. Um, I think they sort of went, or he says to them, is it, is it, are those your cars? Started a chat and all the rest of it. And he's over here, I think he's in the film industry doing a bit of work. Uh-huh. So they said, I think he must have said, is there any shows on? And they mentioned, must have kept in touch, obviously. Uh-huh. And he came to Eurotraffin and he got one of the top prizes. Well, we went around to do the judging. That blew my mind because we just came across it nonchalantly sitting in the middle of the show field. Like, I've never seen the car before. Top tier show car. Like, like, oh, unbelievable. And sad to say... We, when you go to a lot of shows over here, you know all the cars. And yeah. you go, oh, there, you know, there's Nelly's car. Oh, look, and Wellie's changed the wheels. But you know pretty much who everybody's car is. And you see the odd thing that's a surprise. But this thing, I was just like, whose is this? Where has this come from? And it was just there. And there yeah. was no fanfare and no look at me. He was just parked up in the middle of all these other cars. And it was just like... Holy shit. Such a, such a nice guy too. He came up, he was very humble. He says, didn't expect this. And then on the way out, he stopped and said, really enjoyed that. Thanks very much, guys. Yeah. It, it was just like, you know, a fairly recent, like I'm not good with more modern RDs, but that must be what a tier three year old RS4 bag, 21s, you know, full air build, the interior's done, but everything, not just like, oh, tick the boxes. Like it was attention to detail yeah. and things was incredible. And we just kind of walked up and went, where did this come from? Yeah. It was so cool to see. But then And I didn't see it even I didn't see it coming in. Or if I did, I didn't notice it at the time. I don't know how I missed it. Because I was out at the gate for a lot of the day, but And then it was the fact that it was the story was he's over here working and just happened to have the car with him. It's pretty cool too, yeah. you know. That's good. It was cool to see things like that happening. It's a bit of a just I a think subject of circumstance. The closest not even closest thing to that. I remember being at Titanic Dubs one year. Probably about four or five years ago. And these American guys were chatting, uh, and they came over to the tent to buy some merch. Mm-hmm. And they had heard or seen it in social media or something, uh-huh. and they were staying like forty miles away somewhere. And, to and they came down. specifically to come to Titanic Dubs. That's I rem- so cool. I remember that actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, uh, yeah. oh, right, thanks for coming. That's good. It's a bit like something Lee and I would do. We go on holidays. It's not really a holiday. It's, let's go explore and see what we can find. <laughs> <laughs> we've been to a couple, that Bear Mountain we went to, I think we've talked about before. Was, yeah, the show. We came across it and the, the scary one. In, yeah, in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. I thought we were get shot. But yeah, it's great. So it's good to know other people do that too when they go to other countries. <laughs> I, I can't relax in holidays. Uh, C-L-R-R-K, Clark, he says... Favourite car at Eurotraffin and why? I think we covered that. Yeah. Um, Gethin underscore GTI and I. That shot you took... That shot you took is at a place called Blah Hole. Thought that might find that interesting. That's where we put the picture up of basically the driving home. on the road, yeah. Well, once, you, once you go past Eden towards Whitehead, Gethin turns into a tourist guide. Pointing out all the stuff. <laughs> yep. The man knows the area well. Like I remember years ago, uh, used to spend a lot of time up Island McGee, not about Gethin and... They're one of the biggest tourist attractions, apart from, uh, what do you call it, Port Muck, is it? Or what do you call it? The wee bay, the harbour. Oh, I don't know. Is it Port Muck? And Browns Bay is the shoe with all the shoes hanging on it. Or the shoe, the tree with all the shoes hanging didn't on it. didn't even know that existed. Well, I think it's gone now. And then, oh, one of the major attractions about it for me is the Rinko with the ice cream. Which is yeah. 10 spot. out of 10, very delicious. Well, um, somebody asked me yesterday, one of the spectators when they came in was asking me about the venue. Uh-huh. 
and he said, well, and I think I was right in what I told him was that it was the, it used to be the social club yeah. for the Blue Circle factory. Is that, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I mentioned that in the talk about Eurotreffin, right? So Blue Circle, massive worldwide, is it worldwide? Cement company? Uh-huh. Well, British anyway, whatever. Yeah. Um, They set up a base where the show is for their cement factory. Um, Hence why there's a quarry beside it, all the rest of it. But back then, big multinationals really looked after their staff so yep. they built a social club and a sailing club and they ceased production i think it was 96 and the club bought the ground off them and uh-huh. so that's why it's i didn't actually know that yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool a bit of history yeah. to it then i just assumed it was called that because it was in right beside the court no it was Corey. part of the whole facility back in the day that's interesting mm-hmm. um fogel underscore o'reilly 26 worst job needing done to get ready for euro traffic just the jetta in general <laughs> Um, the showgrounds the they cut panel. several times Aye, four <laughs> photographs on them yeah the scuttle panel was definitely the worst yeah 100% even though like the mechanical stuff took a long time doing the brakes and things like that but I nerdily enjoy that but that yeah. scuttle panel was awful and I mean there's still more to do but it's it's now drivable yeah presentable-ish and I'm not going to be too worried about doing an awful lot more for a while and Nigel's drive it. worst job was probably washing the crado. I didn't wash it. <laughs> That's because it lives inside you. It went to the driven run, got washed, when it came home, put in the garage, and I took it out of the garage and drove it straight to the show and parked it. I know what it looked really well. To be because fair. I had no time. Yeah. <laughs> um, Zach.417, when's the next Euro Treffin? 2022. One year. One year, boy. Uh, Ronan underscore hits 21. Lots of flags up here. Yes, Ronan, there's a lot more than will be down there, I would say. Yeah, yes, um, for sure. The, just so everybody's clear, the flags weren't put up outside the venue specifically. What you're saying is that you didn't put the flags up, is no, that what you're saying? Because there was no flags there up until two days before the show. A, they're very loyal people, shall we say, around yeah, that area. Yeah. Um, Emmett Dewell, uh, Emmett Dewell, 93. Anyone else sunburn as me from Eurotraffin or is it just me? I don't think it's don't just think him, it's but just it's not you, us. But we're okay. Yeah, we're good. Good chatting there. <laughs> Amit yesterday as well. Kian underscore Casey. What's the biggest rush you've ever been to make it to a show before? And did you ever not make it? Well, I'm the king of not making shows. I will say that. Yes. Um, Your biggest rush is probably the gearbox and paint job for Castle Well. Yeah, I think we talked about that a couple of episodes ago, actually. Yeah. Um, or but, rebuilding the Vento in the Ultimate Dubs Hall. Yeah. Finish the car at the show. Yep. Yep. Lee drove across with no wipers because we forgot about them because we painted them the night before and didn't put them on. Come into Newry, it started to rain, hit the wiper stock and nothing happened except the whir of the motor. And then <laughs> oh, it was good. put the wheels on in the show hall for the first time. And yeah, it was it was an experience. And then well, my own one, as you say, Nigel, was Castle Elm. Was, we were there for the Friday and on the Sunday before that, I blew the gearbox out of the car and ended up swapping the gearbox, sourcing the gearbox, swapping it painting the bay a mild wire tuck nothing compared to what it is now and that was just a like coming together of friends like matt yourself lee genuine genuine party and like i remember it was like two o'clock in the morning and i was going to work to be in work for seven and genuine was standing beside me and he was in the same and he still had an hour's drive home i was like just go home he's like no no i have to get this done like oh well there we go so yeah anything can happen with your friends there yeah that's uh, you just owe them afterwards is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, my rush, I think I've talked about it before, was the getting the crado ready for fitted 
and getting the boat on the Friday oh, evening. Oh yeah, you guys were and down the caliber the lot. Was the brake line seized and a radiator leak, and had the boat to get in an hour. Yep, but we done it together and all the went. It's all good. Yep, <laughs> it's uh, it makes for good stories. I'll tell you that. Uh, yeah, not at the time though. You just want to kill everybody. Yeah, but a year later, you're like, how oh, wasn't that funny? <laughs> you're in the middle of a crisis and somebody turns around and goes we'll laugh about this sometime and you're like no I'm not right now though <laughs> you're not you'll be dead um, and the last one is Gobsheen he says what car have you ever driven or sat in that surprised you the most surprising good or bad Topsy's RX6 <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, you expected it to be fast, but it was... I didn't expect it to be like that. that. I would, I'd probably say the same about Carl's car. You expect it to be fast, and then you just go, oh, this is a whole new this level of diff- speed. This is a yeah. different thing altogether. Two RS6s in. Yeah, I think so. No, that's good. I can't really and think And this from somebody car. who owned an RS6 as well. Yeah. <laughs> My RS6 is quick, but car, that extra... Well, it's almost 500 brake. Carl is 800. That extra 300 brake is just insane. Yeah. That's... Mm. And then difference in technology there, too, of how it puts yeah. that power down is a big thing. Yeah. I can't really think of anything for that and I probably do have a load of them but I can't think of anything off the top of my head so we'll wrap her up there folks yeah yeah. I thought this was going to be a very short episode because but as usual we like to waffle we do we like to waffle <laughs> and I think people like us waffling by the sound of it so that's that's good so yeah we'll we'll literally just wrap it up there then yep. as always you can find us on social media collectively at Relo Podcast um, it's Facebook and Instagram I am at Connor McCann I'm at Maxwell House 46 and I'm I'm at VDubboy, I can always talk. And thanks for sticking with us, folks. Goodbye. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.